While I switch gears Keep on running from these backs I pull them tracks out yeah, come Baby, hurt. after we fuck We ain't gonna talk about Lee right there Tell your bitch she dead Can't come back yeah. here He gonna hit from the back on me yeah. up in the Baby, air. keep that fuck Put it up in the air We stacking these hundreds They coming in there I'm going outside I grew up with the players I seek my bitch to slam them down Get it in blood No one don't care After that mission Park the track Fuck in the back And fix her hurt What's up, big daddy, daddy Tell him what's yeah. up What's happening He sent me a text So I yeah. send the addict The way you grip on the block That's block. how I want you to grab me Say put it taste like laughing Taffy, spit on the deal Hey, come on, baby, I know you special. Mindset on all way above average. Little ass nigga, but I been about action. Smacking, shawty man, I'm my action. Let a nigga play with my bitch, I'm blast. Tragic, everybody get a free cash. Her nails and feet stay up to par. Need to see friends till when you gagging. Yeah, he call me big brr. Come make that pussy brr. The SRT maker get wet, play in that cat while I switch gears. You keep on running from these backs, I pull them tracks out, bitch, come here. Maybe after we fuck, we ain't gonna talk about Lee right there. Tell your bitch she dead, can't come back here. Yeah. He gon' hit from the back on me. Yeah. Up in the Baby, air. keep that fuck. Put it up in the air. We stacking these hundreds that coming in there. I'm going outside, I grew up with the players. I seek my bitch to slam them down. Get it in blood, no one don't care. After that mission, park the track, fuck in the back and fix her her. Hundred thousand dollar my fit. I'm high as fuck, but don't do lines, bitch. One on one virtual design. 
body, look in her eyes, I she off her mind. Ten bands for the fit, nah, they tryna rob. That shot that she spent, she calling me poppy. Walked in the scene to get bitch, probably. And I just fucked your hoe, probably. Twenty months had a tech and you can't stop me. Bitch, I'm designer, call me Tech Romani. I just seen her fast, lay low. I got the bullets, hey low. She wanna come for, she wanna say no. If you wanna feature, come and pay it all. Shawty want me, look me in the eye I tell her the truth, she don't want no reply I pop out, I think she want me on the side Shawty, she shake like it came with the fries I cannot fake it, can't be in disguise I be ungrateful, my team, my ties Niggas be fake, boy, I don't lie Boy, I don't lie I just be puzzled, but don't want no lie I tell you, Sean, ain't going inside Tomorrow we rolling, I'm over the gas Spinning the block for Giada on ties I ain't gonna stop till we all can retire She on the block, but the boy bring that fire Niggas be fake, boy, I don't lie Welcome back to another episode of Boys Don't Lie, the podcast, a special edition. Okay? Special edition. Special man. edition. Just for y'all. So, what happened was, I was doing, you know, the regular, regular um, editing, mm-hmm. and I think our best show yet, maybe best show, top, top two? It's gotta be top two, man, because the, the way that we were talking at the end, I just, I was on. This we were feeling it. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's just I like, wish you guys could hear the animosity between Owen and Tamari. It was, just, it was amazing. Yeah, we well, we're gonna try to recreate that soon, but we're gonna see. I don't know if we're gonna get back to that level that we it's were on. Just, I don't know, man. It's rough. I it hurts my feelings to be honest with you. But you know, boy, don't like the podcast. We had to give you guys something. I was editing it, and I think the file got corrupted or it was too big. I just don't know what happened, but. It just, it wouldn't respond, and the audio just got deleted, so. Yeah. Um, we're here, just maybe, we're going to give you guys a recap, basically, of what we talked about. Yeah. Try to go through some of the stuff real quick, and then Owen, the, he recorded something earlier this week to go. It was a bonus. Yeah, it's a little, it's supposed to be a little special bonus, just like a little NBA trade deadline wrap-up thing. Uh, so we decided why not just kind of tack it in. Yeah. You know, help it take up the extra half hour. So that'll be at the end, so we'll get... 
hour, hour and a half into this, and then you'll hear it switch to just me. I'm yep. sure we'll tell you before that happens. We're not just going to go dry cut into it, but... Yeah, we're, um, we'll we'll give you guys a heads up. Yeah, we'll make sure. And, and um, we're going to add some stuff that probably wasn't on that recording. Yeah. But... Um, add some stuff, take some stuff off. You know, it's been... It's been a day or two, so we got some new stuff. We got had to cut out a little bit of the old stuff to make room for the new stuff, so we're well, here. We're here. Updated. Doff, we hear you. Yes. Supply and demand. We heard the, yeah, we heard the demands. We, we got you, We got to deliver. But we before deliver. we go into the show, man, there's a lot of people I think we want to shout out. First, shout out to my boy Malik Kennedy, bro. For real. My brother, man. Man is something else. Man, shout out to you, bro. I don't know where we'd be without him. Shout out to, to, shout out to Lou Will and Mike in, uh, in Magic City. Yes, sir. Shout out to uh, shout out to Dolph. Major, for real, major. for real. Um, y'all, y'all just wait on we're, it. We're, yeah. We're not, and there's no need to go into details about it. But major recognition. Yeah, bro. just, we... I, I'm still speechless about the whole situation. I don't even know what to say. It's crazy, bro. Here we fucking go. <laughs> Here we go, bro. Because, like, I think a lot of people don't understand that when we started this, it was just like a dream to make it go bigger than what we actually see. Well, no, doing. we were sitting on your bedroom floor doing this yeah. a month or two ago. And bro, now, outside with the, with the stove on. With the with stove the heat, on for right? heat, man. Cold as hell outside. And we we still we still are just getting the DMs and the likes and the questions and stuff, but it's growing. This is rapidly. This is the thing that excites me the most is that like we're not even started yet. Yeah, like this is like every we, show we're trying something new. We we dropped pilot one and two, and then y'all y'all came back with the support and we were like, yeah, we need more of this. So we brought you season one. To me, this is a pilot season. Like we're yeah, we're not nah. even in the bag at this point. Like this is summer league to me. Wait till we. Yeah, this is yeah. summer league. Like I said, we're not even kicking the season off. This is this is summer league. So if y'all like this, man, like wait till week. Y'all are no. in for a treat because, like I said, like because when I'm, I'm gonna tell you like this, you know, me and Owen already had a chemistry, but when me, Owen, and Samari get to clicking and we mm-hmm. talk and we can plan this stuff out and we know, you know, what I'm saying because at the same time, like we all have our our separate lives and our jobs and stuff like that. So we're trying to do this with our lives and our jobs, and we're trying to give you guys the best content that we can as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So like, honestly, bro, it's just it makes me so happy to see that we're thirty thousand in, you know, thirty thousand, thirty forty, yeah, around there. Now. You know, we haven't set the updates in a while, but thirty thousand, forty thousand in. Regardless, yeah, whichever. We're seven one. weeks in, bro. Yeah. Like I said, and just not even not even the chemistry of it, like just the structure. Like I yeah. feel like we're kind of just you know this is what we're gonna talk about. This is what we're gonna do. Like when we get deep into this, we start planning and planning, and like it's not even obviously it's gonna get bigger when we start interviewing people and talking to new people and stuff like that. But like once we get down packed, what we want to do, it's once we set what pieces of the bag we're trying to pull out each week. It's over. So We're still testing right now. And he's right, man. Like once we get the once we get the you know the thing going running, we got it, bro. Yeah. But you know, celebrities on the way. We got a couple celebrity interviews we getting in there, man. Uh, probably gonna get some wrestlers in their long future for my hey, boy. Oh. I'm not gonna lie to you. I go. I'm gonna geek star if we can get literally anyone from the AW roster yeah. on the show. I will lose my mind. I don't we, care who. We got to do it, bro. Yeah, it's got to happen. We're we got a couple of trips coming up. Yeah, we're going to the draft at the end of April. Yep, Head uh, to Cleveland. 
uh, we got a couple trips, a couple states, a couple yeah, cities this couple summer. Cities, man. We're going to be... I'm going to cross some new states off my bucket list. Yeah, you know, bro. Like, to hit all 50 states. We, like, hey, we finna get that boy, uh, oh, his uh, lemon pepper virginity taken away. Yes. Yes, gotta sir. Get some, you yeah, know? we got to get that. I'm not finna do it up here. I got to wait till I get the real thing down south. Yeah, uh, so yeah. The lemon pepper wet. That's, that's what I've been spicy, saving bro. for, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I only do lemon pepper dry up here. Yeah. I'll be like, I'm not finna, I'm not even going to try it. I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to wait till the summer. We're going to get it right. We're going to get it, man. But um, also, uh, we just want to take the time to. You know, with all that being said, to thank everybody that support the show, man. Like, yeah. this first five minutes of the show, we just want to say thank you guys, man. Because really, to be real, without you guys, this is impossible. Oh, hell no. And um, we hear you. Merch coming soon. Yeah, we're working on it. We're trying to figure out how to do it smart. Because if we, if we just started doing it this week, you know, if we start trying to pump out t-shirts and stuff, it's going to be expensive. Because we're doing it one by one and stuff yeah. like that. So we're trying to figure out the long And me time. and Owen were the first people out. Like, Samari, he's on the show, and he doesn't even have one yet. Yeah, we're still trying to get Sam his set up and, and trying to get everything ready. So and Raymond. Yeah, we're trying to get it to where it's cost-effective so we're not having to charge somebody $50 for a T-shirt. Like, it's... Because I'm trying to make money off of it. And yeah. If I gotta go make the shirt one by one, it's gonna cost me thirty five dollars. It's gonna cost y'all even more. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying. We're trying to figure it out a way to where it's not gonna cost an arm and a leg for y'all. Facts. So. And to make sure that we can get the right shipping with it too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Another thing is um. Sooner or later, um, whenever this show drops, mm-hmm. we'll have an updated uh, link tree. So I'm going to have Owen streaming on there for his Twitch. Oh, yes. We're going to have all the stuff on there. I'm, gonna t- I'm probably going to add our Instagrams as well. Probably. Okay. I don't know about that yet, but our Twitters are already on the link tree. And then we're going to have a new and updated um, podcast uh, uh, playlist. So just the top 10 songs that uh, Owen's been having daily rotation, my top 10 songs, and Samari's top 10 songs, and I'm going to make it for you guys, so you guys can have, you know, just 30 songs that you want to listen to, like all that. three of us, all three of us, just 30 songs that we could just go back to, and um, yeah, just some good stuff, man. Just trying to trying to bridge out, open, yeah. open some lanes up, and do some extra stuff for y'all, because like we said, none of this is possible without y'all listening at home, and you'll hear me say it again. When I get into the last 30 talking about uh, the trade deadline in the NBA, I'll, I'll thank you guys again because it can never be said enough. Like, I, I can I can never say thank you enough for everyone that's here now and for anyone that's going to show up in the future. I don't care when you sh- when you got here. You're here now. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. I don't care if you've been listening since episode one or if this is the first episode or if you're not going to listen. If you're listening to this now and it's three months from when this came out, I don't care when you're here. You're here now. You're family to me. Yeah. Like, I'm happy to have you. And that's the biggest thing, bro. Yeah. I just, I don't know, what, what, what's our what, what's our following called? What's the fans called? I call? don't know. We got to come up with something. Boys don't lie and girls don't lie, but we got to come up with we'll something. We'll come up with something catchy. We'll come up with something. Wait for it. Episode 8. But um, let's, without further ado, man, let's get into the show. Let's get y'all some content. So, the first thing we got is one fan question. We're only going to do one fan question just because we want to keep it, like, you know, original. Samari's not here, so we're trying to, you know. Yeah. Just yeah, to yeah. my boy, my boy taking care of some business right now. Yeah, he's doing so, his thing. Doing so his we're going to skim through this stuff that we didn't get to, you guys didn't get to hear from episode seven and just do it right here. Yeah. Um, fan question number one was, does hip hop encourage bad behavior? I like this question a lot because it's, it's tough. It's a tough one to answer for sure. Um, 
I wouldn't say yes inherently, but at the same time, I don't think the answer is no. I think it can encourage bad behavior. Um, I think it's it's a very tough thing to try to discuss. Like it's to me, it's kind of a hot button topic almost. Like, um, because I mean, obviously, the things that certain rappers rap about can definitely get you in trouble if you're doing those things. I mean, there's been guys that have been locked up for the things they said in songs, or because they were rapping about certain things that they did in real life and stuff like that. So, like, it can influence bad behavior, but I'm not gonna fall into the whole every rap song encourages bad behavior because not every rap song is about. Yeah. You know, murder and drugs and and whatever you want to talk about. So I think I, I say uh, during that Chief Keith era of like music. Yeah. My goodness, bro. that drill, tra- that drill trap rap. Yeah. They were on something, man. I think it was then because it was like then you wanted to talk about it. You wanted to, you know. You wanted to be in that game, fifty yeah. people in your game. I'm yeah. trying to ride the wave of that. Yeah, hell yeah. But no, my realistic answer is um, I don't think it encourages bad behavior. Some does, some do. I think, I think like I said, it can. If you inherit it that way, and that's what how you what you want to take. I it think as? the younger the audience, yes. Fair enough. Yeah. If you're like if if you know like I have little brothers and um like little little people that I call my brothers as well and. I can I can watch my little brothers like listen to some music like let me just think about somebody like Pooh Shiesty. Fair enough. Them listening to him say Big Brother hundred times, talking about shooting at the guns or uh, back in blood, come get it back in blood. Like it's still the still the rare, realest song lyric I think I've ever heard in my life. Like that's Pusha just went on record and said, "I heard you like to talk to God. Well, I'll help you meet him." Like yeah. That man is hard. <laughs> I don't know what else to, to say. Because, like, like, well, like, to our generation, that's like, ah, man. Like I hard. said, that like that, that getting back in blood thing to me is, like, that's the realest thing you could ever say. Like, like you're asking somebody to test you at that point. Because yeah. that's, that's, like, I mean, you know who took it. Like, I'm come right get it back. here. Yeah, come, come, come get it back in blood. Come get it back in blood. Like, <laughs> like I'm right here. Like, I just, I, shit's never going to be talked to me. Like, yeah. That's, that's going to be my answer, though. Like, I think the... The younger you are is what, it, you know. And I think to me also, like, it's it's not the music itself. It's also, like, the problem is, is, like, once you listen to Pusha, you're like, all right, I'm trying to see what this is about. Go to his Instagram and his Twitter. And then you watch his Instagram posts and his stories and, you know, how he's talking and, and the way he treats, you know, a general audience of people and the way he's talking to them. It's definitely can encourage some bad things along the way. But the music itself, to me, doesn't. And also, when you grow on it, like when you grow on it, like me, you have to also think about like, is this a life for you? I think some people snap out of it and be like, "Do I want that life?" But I'm gonna be real with you. A lot of people, when they grow up, they they want to be rappers growing up, and they're like, "Well, the only way to be a rapper is to do this." And I think we thought about it. Uh, I think I showed you. Uh, Yachty was talking about it. Uh, he was on Million Dollars Worth of Game. Shout out to them, Barstool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and um, they basically was saying like. A lot of street rappers talk about, you know, a lot of street rappers, with quotations, yeah, talk yeah. about street stuff. But Yachty was like, it's honestly better to you to do the street stuff because it sells. Because he said, nine times out of ten, when you start rapping, you're rapping about stuff that you don't have. Exactly. So you start off rapping about, like, 
Oh, I got this Richard Milley, 50,000. Cars. This and that. But Rick, wait, Yachty was like, a Richard Milley is not going to cost you 5,000. It's going to cost you more. So you don't even know exactly. when you lying in your raps. You don't have it. So then it's just more relatable to be like, I came from the streets with my brothers. We was in the trenches, this, this, and that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, oh, okay, like. He's from the hood, like everybody's a rapper, you know everybody what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's just better to go with that that part and then to get to the the actual glamour and glitz because you have that stuff so you can actually flash that stuff, that's you know? That's true, yeah, yeah, So I think that's also a thing, but it's, it, unless you're like me and O, which, you know, majority of people are, you really like rapping, you just not really with the street stuff part of it, like, you're just listening to it for the feeling of it, like, I mean, that's just good, like, you got your good trap rap, you listen to you push ice to get it back in blood, get hype, and... Exactly, I'm, I'm, work. I'm not finna, yeah, I'm not finna sit here and lie, like, I don't listen to Back in Blood on the way to Dick Sporting Goods every day, like, hype as hell for no reason, because I'm not finna walk up in that store and kill anybody, we don't even have the instruments to do that no more, so, uh... <laughs> Like, like I said, it can, it just depends on who's listening to it. It really does. Like sometimes it'll influence that person to get into that stuff. And sometimes they're just like us and they listen to it and it's fire. And you know, it, it, it is what it is, but you don't, you don't have to act on everything you see or listen to. So, I mean, that's all I got to say about it. Um, so moral of the story is yes and no. 50, 50. Yeah, it's 50, 50. Like most things in this world, there's no black or white answer. There's no clear cut, dry answer. It all depends on situations. uh, To piggyback off what you said, you can go on Twitter and a lot of people be like, especially girls. I think girls with like the, the female music, like Summer Walker, Janae Aiko and stuff. Like they hear Janae Aiko and Summer Walker on a song, and it says, and that, that was that song, I Kill You. Yeah. I heard so many girls like, oh, I'm going to be toxic tonight. Like, it's just it's a true. feeling, though. It does, it's yeah. It'll influence you in that in that type of way. But that's a little less serious than, yeah, than yeah. what other yeah, rappers yeah. are talking about, too. So, All right, man. So the next thing we got to talk about is Quavo and Sweetie. Mm. So we talked about this on the show. Honestly, we got a good, good little response over it. But yeah, yeah. basically, what we had said was um, Quavo and Sweetie ended up breaking up. So before it was reported on No Jumper that Sweetie and Quavo um, were on rocky terms before, but Sweetie had went on to her ex's um, show, Sean Combs, not Sean Combs, but uh, Justin Combs, which yeah. is Sean Combs, Diddy's son, and um, it was basically his podcast, and he asked her a question, I think it was like, would you ever, if, what was it, it was like, it was like, so if, if your man was doing everything right in the world, he was taking care of you, paying the bills, doing everything at home, whatever, would you reward him with a threesome, mm-hmm. and so she was like, well, you know, if he's doing all this and he's taking kind of reading back the question, she's like, if he's taking care of me doing all this, then I'll let him have the privilege of picking the other dude that we can have sex with, basically. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think any guy would say that that's definitely over the line. And we talked about it when we talked about it before. Like, it's weird because if the roles were reversed and they asked Quavo that and he was like, well, I'll let her pick the girl. Not as many people would have shaken their head at it. It was really weird that she said it, but if the roles were reversed, it wouldn't have been. So, I mean, I think it's easy to also say that she's kind of out of pocket for what she said. But then when she brings up what she said earlier, it's hard to kind of pin the situation and the breakup on her in the long run. So, um, you know, because she also, you know, Quavo tweets about it. Obviously, after he hears that, he's not happy. Like I said, most guys wouldn't be. Um, He got on his toxic shit. Um, You know, there's pictures of future crowning Quavo and and all of the masculine toxicity in the world um 
And she's like, well, don't act like you haven't been cheating on me for three years now. And then you're like, well, you know, you can say whatever you want about what she said and how wrong it was. But, hey, you can't really top uh, cheating on somebody for three years now. So uh, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to kind of be in between. But I don't know, man. It's 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 rough because, like I said, you can't really. You can't really blame Quavo for being upset about what she said, but at the same time... So, so we got the tweets right here. Read the first one, I guess, that she said. So this first one right here says, I'm single. I've endured too much betrayal and hurt behind the scenes for a false narrative to be circulating that degrades my character. Uh, presence and Band-Aids... Presence don't Band-Aid scars, and the love isn't real when the intimacy is given to an other woman. Which, I mean, is real. I mean, I can't lie about it. And then after that, she said she, I emotionally checked out a long time ago and we walked and have walked away with a deep sense of peace and freedom, excited for this new chapter of elevation. So then she goes and so Quavo goes in after and he says, I know you wanted to make this into a show, so I'll play my part. This is just not the one time or whatever. He said, I don't normally put my business out there, especially with my personal life, which is true. We don't really hear much about Quavo and like personal life as far as like music and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, no. So and he's right about that part, but he said, I feel like I need to address this and there would be no false narratives. I love you and I was disappointed you did all that, basically. You are not the woman I thought you were. I wish you nothing but the best. And then she replies back with, take care. So, I mean, hashtag no jersey. yeah, we're, we are where we are. I, I truly do think that they're in love. Like, we talked about it when, when all three of us talked about it. I think... I think they are in love. I mean, just the way that they act around each other. To me, they have years, they have that natural spark. Like, there's not a there's not a word that you could really put on it other than that. There's no there's no like telltale sign. Like, I don't. You just watch videos of them together, and like you just feel that they have that connection. The way that they look at each other is to me is a lot deeper than than what most people can see. It's not a puppy love. It's not anything like that. So I think in the long run, I think they'll probably end up back together unless they strictly stay apart just to spite each other, which is also a possibility in today's day and age. A lot of people do that. And no matter how much they like someone, they refuse to go back just because of the way that it ended. And this ended very publicly and very badly. So I could definitely see both of them down the line as much as they love each other being like, not finna do that because of the way this shit ended and how public it was. So, yeah. I mean, it's rough, but it is what it is. So, um, we wish the best for him. Um, like some people try to say, they think it's a marketing thing right now for quarter three coming out, which will take us into our next topic. But, uh, I hope it's not. I wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, with how ugly it's gotten and how public it's all been, I feel like it would be so dumb. If they were to get back together three months from now. But at the same time, it, it will boost album sales. And there's not going to be many people out there that are like, I can't believe it was just so a publicity a stunt. I'm not going to listen to Culture 3 now. I got a question for you. So, your Quavo, you got the, you got the Sweetie feature on Culture 3. Mm. Do you take her off? I would assume so, probably. I think she would probably want to be taken off. I can't imagine a world where... You record a song together when you're dating, and who knows what the lyrics are about. You know, y'all could be rapping back and forth to each other, being, you know, all lovey-dovey. And then when the album finally comes out, you guys are broken up. That's going to be kind of weird, especially for everyone to listen to on top of that. 
It's that's one of the more personal things, like you said. Quavo doesn't talk about his personal life. To me, that's about as personal as it can get. Is you that's and true. a girlfriend being on a song and then y'all breaking up and then still dropping the song just doesn't sound like Quavo to me at all. So, dang, bro. Yeah, I mean, and the thing about it is Quavo don't get into beefs, bro. The no. last time we heard of Quavo get into a, like a serious beef was the one with. Uh, was the one with Soldier Boy, and he basically was just like, "Fuck him." Like, yeah, like, they didn't even like, get into anything like, deep. You're arguing with yourself, bro. And then they got into the one with the. Uh, it was another rapper they had gotten to it with, bro. I just was thinking about it on the top of my head, bro. Hmm. I don't remember. Like I said, I mean that's that tells you how much he gets into it because I don't even remember. I barely remember the Soldier Boy thing happening. I don't even remember what else you would be referring to right now. So, oh, I literally had it in my head. He just, he just doesn't, he doesn't put himself out there like that. But Culture G's coming out, yeah. And then we played the snippet on the show. We're not going to do that again, but we played the snippet with Offset and Quavo, and they left. The- I'm sure it's in me and Shay's both of our retweets. So if you just go through there, I mean, you'll see a lot of wrestling and sports stuff on the way through mine. But I guarantee I retweeted it because I'm hype. I loved. I was one of the few Ooh. people that liked Culture too. Um, yeah, I like culture too a lot. Um, obviously, it's it's not as good as culture. I'm not I'm not gonna be that. You know, I'm not gonna go out there and be that guy. But I like culture too a lot. I loved culture. Obviously, I love a lot of what Migos has done. So that snippet was hard, and I'm ready for. They said it might not be culture three. I don't care what it's called. I'm ready for it to drop. So. Yeah, I did see that they it might not be culture three. That it's actually like they don't have an actual name for it yet. They're trying to move on without the culture tribe, which I think they should do culture three because personally to the world culture two wasn't the best you like culture two fair enough yeah i i would agree the saga off with something i mean with something that was as good as the original which is going to be very very hard to do which i feel like the number one is always the hardest one to pass by too because even when you go to little yachty um his little boat one was like a staple in the game true and what she always says i didn't have that much pressure then you go into little boat two where it's like "Eh, you just threw that together you get to little boat three which just came out this past year and everybody loved it so i mean it's always good to close that chapter out on the right note yeah i agree so hopefully hopefully it is culture three i'd love to see him end it on and on the right note because i mean i'd be okay with it being with culture two being the end point but a lot of people wouldn't be mm-hmm. i think everybody's been kind of waiting for culture three so even if this isn't it i think we need it down the line something else that would be culture three because it's very weird to do an album series just two like i feel like if you're going to do more than one album i feel like you can't just do two you got to do three then you know so so I'm waiting for Culture 3 or whatever it's going to be called. I don't really care. Like I said, I'm just ready for it to drop. And personally, I was one of the biggest Migos haters because after they dropped their album, I think it was it 2016? Was it 2016? What, Culture 2? Culture 1. Oh, uh, yeah, 2016. That sounds right. No, 2017. It was 2017 they dropped. It was, what, 13 songs on that. So you had, like, Culture, which was the best ones out there was the leading singles were his T-shirt, call casting, bad and bougie, slippery. Yeah, what's the price? What What's your favorite song on there? Out of curiosity, just if you had to pick one, it was when I first listened. It was Kelly Price. Well, yeah, I mean that's a pretty obvious pick. Yeah, uh, yeah well, Trav, and well, and it's not like it's a bad song either. That song is extremely good. Um, honestly, like I sit here and ask you that question, I don't know if I can answer that off the top of my head because I love slippery. I'm gonna be real with you, you're gonna be shocked. Huh. I, say this. I love all ass, bro. Really, all ass out of all of those, yeah, 
man be the it's just so it's I don't know what it is. I think it's like the Quavo hook. Beat the pot, beat the pot, beat the pot. Whoa. Like uh, Yeah, I'm I'm gonna after we finish recording, I'm gonna go back and play my mic career and I'll probably listen to the album again, but like cause cause you know how I listen to music, like I get caught up on songs. Like it took me it took me like a so, month after I found after I found Nav's album when y'all told me about it. It took me a month to listen to the whole thing because I got caught on Friends and Family, which is track two, and that's the same thing that happened with Culture. Like I got caught on T-shirt for a long time. Friends and Family is the one with Gunner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got caught on T-shirt for a long time. I was caught on Brown Paper Bag for a while yeah. and Slippery. Yeah. yeah, Jake put me on Brown Paper <laughs> Bag actually because like when I first listened to it, like I said, T-shirt Slippery. Bad and Bougie was there, but it's just so overplayed. Like, where is, I mean, where you know is how culture, it is. Where's culture in your top, like, ten of rap albums? Like, trap rap. All time? Yeah, like, trap rap. Uh, it's tough. I definitely all think time, it's... but trap rap. Trap rap all time? I think it's definitely... It's got to be top ten. I would say top five. I just don't know what other albums... I don't want to disrespect... I know, you, I know, I know. But, like, when Mama... Well, mama, with me growing up in the South and me having T.I. and Boosie and Jeezy, there's a, probably a lot of people before that, but I, I put it, I put it six. Six? Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Because I want to put it at five. I want to put it top five, but it's about what is, what's that one that I'm bumping out for culture yeah. that I don't and know. I, think, I don't really think nothing's passing DS2 at that one spot for me right now, but DST was just a time. Bro. It's a, it's a, it's a whole, it's a masterclass. Like there's no, there's no comparison to DS2 in my opinion. Like yeah. off the top of the head, you can't do it. So. Then you go to, they had Culture 2, which was in 2018, which had, what, 24 songs? That was a deep album. Yeah, then you go to, they had the, what was it called? The little Culture uh, or Quality Control 1. Yeah, they had the QC album, yeah. That was like the same, I I could have sworn that was the same year. Let me, let me, let me get, let me fact check though. We're going to fact check on live. That's exactly, yep. That's exactly why you didn't want a new music for him for a while. So because they dropped that the same year that they dropped Culture One. Yeah. So it was that. Then they dropped that. Then they dropped this. They dropped Culture Two. Then they turned around the next year and dropped the Quality Control tape on 2019, which was miles away. But still, between that part, they had all dropped their single albums: Quavo, Hancho, Take Off, The Last Rocket, and then uh, Red Room. Well, not Red Room. Uh, Father of Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the offset. So so within the span of three years, we had gotten two Culture albums, we had both QC tapes, and we had three solo albums from the Migos. So I feel like it's very understandable of why you didn't want new Migos until you heard that snippet. Because, like I said, I mean, that's six, that's seven albums in a, in a two to three year span. Because, like, at that point, like, we had talked about it on a previous show, but like the teaching the dog, the tricks is going out the way. Like it's just like it's getting repetitive at that point, right? So we're going on and we're doing it or whatever. And um now it's like you hear it and you're like, Well, we haven't actually heard because we haven't heard from I don't think we've heard from Takeoff since his album. Yeah, I haven't heard it I haven't heard a word about him or from him. <sighs> That's crazy. When that album come out, like twenty nineteen. Because I thought his was the last. Wasn't his the last? No, because no, his was the last. I one. thought Offset was the last one to drop. 
Quavo. Out of the three. Oh, yeah, you know, you're right. Because it was Quavo, Hanto, Last Rocket, and then... And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I liked Father of Four quite a bit. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. I wanted it to be better. But, yeah, so Last Rocket came out in 2018, and we... I'm not a... I mean, obviously, he's done the singles. My, it wasn't my favorite. I, yeah, I wasn't I a massive fan of it either. But it had 12 songs on there. How many features did he have? Mm, none. Was it no features or were they uncredited features? I, there might have been uncredited, but if he did, it might have been the Beagles. That's true. But yeah. that's the thing about both Takeoff and Offset. I feel like they needed the features on the album. That's why. That's why I feel like Father of Four did better because, like, um, that song with J Cole, Truck Four. I can't remember the title off the top of my head. How do we get here? Something like that. The last feature that he did was, I guess, this year. But besides that, like. 2020, it was one. Takeoff's been quiet, man. Which is, it's a scary thing, but it's a scary good thing to me. Because when he's by himself on those tracks, like on the Migos tracks, he's. We're gonna get some absolute flames out of out of that man yeah. when I come when that album drops. I'm telling you, that man's gonna be spitting like he did on on that song with Gucci. I can never. Remember, that's what it is, yes. Because I'm like, it's not Fumble the Bag. I know it's not Fumble the Bag. That's the only thing that ever comes to my head when I think of that song for some reason. So, All right, so next on the schedule, we got um, NBA Youngboy got arrested. He got got into a high-speed chase. Here we go again. (laughs) And I think he had like... He had basically a loadout drop in his house. Yeah, that man had like 16 unregistered guns that the feds found him with. So. And he's also a felon, if you didn't know. He's but. on probation currently, yeah. so um, he's probably going back to jail. I mean, that's usually pretty clear-cut and dry. But and It's been a thing on social media that people were like texting the FBI and stuff on Instagram, telling them that that's their guns that they can go. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm telling you, this man has the craziest fans in the game. There is nothing, there is no comparison for young boy fans in the game I today. literally told you, bro. I said that all my friends in Georgia, and I know they're going to hear me on this, but I don't care. They will die for this man, bro. They put this man before Drake, bro. It's crazy. <sighs> I I I've I've warmed up to him because oh, yeah, at first yeah. we were we were young boy haters. I know both of us were for the longest time. You but warmed up to him before I did. I did. I did warm up to him a lot. But it's it's been song by song. Like it's never. It's not because a project. It's like I hear a, a song from him. Not to cut you off. But I hear a song from him, and I'm like, this has potential. Let me listen to the album. I listen to the album. and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Why am I here? Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel just about the same way. Like it's, I listen to it and I like it song by song. But it's when it comes to the album and the stretches where I'm like, ah. But like, if he's a feature on any song, I'm usually a fan of it because I like he's one of the. I have a separate class of rappers in my like in my chart of like where I put guys on the pyramid of where they or where we are in rappers, where like my tolerance level to them, where I feel like there is. There's a group of guys on there where, like, if they're featured, I love them. But if it's their song or if it's their song, especially if it's their song, no features, I'm like, nah. There's too much of that rapper in there. I like I like a little small dose, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like them in the feature role. But then when it – or I like their songs with features on them. But when it's them, no features, I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, I like you here and there. Like, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I like a little Logic feature here and there. Like, if Logic does a song with somebody else I like – 
Usually it's pretty solid. I like Logic. Um, it's just where he lost me is. Oh, oh, I'm not gonna get into it, but he Logic lost me a long time ago. I want to be real. I forget what album it was. It was the one that was drawn out. It was like different colors. It was yeah, and I know, I know, I've got a lot. Of, yeah, I know exactly what album you're talking about, and I know a lot of my friends back home love that album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could name like five or six people off the top of my head that think that's one of the best albums of all time, and. Um, like I said, I, I like Logic here and there. I like Logic when he is himself. Like Young Sinatra Logic, bro. There was so there's so many songs that you can listen to that I listen to that I realize like I feel like like there's certain parts of Homicide when he did with Eminem where he was trying to act like Travis and he brought the auto tune in and like did the little like I'm all good with testing the waters. I'm good. I'm glad you did that in that song and you realized this is not for you and you didn't do a whole album like that because I hated that part. I hate that part of that song, but like the way that he is, he flows on that track. I like. I hate the beginning of it. Also, don't the first thirty seconds. I'm not talking about that because I hate the intro too. But and then the way he brings Eminem on the track, I love. Like I and I I like Eminem. I'm not gonna. I'm not an Eminem stan. I'm not gonna say I'm a fanboy. I don't think he's the greatest rapper of all time by any stretch of the imagination, but. I do like Eminem. I've been listening to him since I was a kid. I listened to, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to to the original Slim Shady LP, which came out the year I was born, the mm-hmm. year we were born in 98. And like, I could rap almost that whole album. It's right there next to my crazy life and, and how much I remember of it. So, so I don't know. There's, I feel like young boy to me falls in that space where like, he's, if, as long as it's not all him, I'm usually there. Or like there, there's a couple songs by him that I have that that are all him. Like "Untouchable," I think doesn't have a feature on it, and and I'll have to give credit to LD because it was just like half. So I'm not gonna let you like half of them where we were just waiting on a you know doing a practice. I have a, two. I have one, two. Four songs by Youngboy on my phone. Yeah, four songs. And actually, no, that's not Gas Cap. I got this one song by him. This one right here. This song's been stuck in my head. Oh my goodness, but it's actually kind of fire. Hold on. Chat, listen. To he this. liked that Maybach boy. Hey, I'm putting y'all on right now, live on the show. Okay, like I have, I have four songs that is saved, but like, and then remember he was on um, I think it was Hendrix with Future on Trillionaire. Oh, like I love that song. I song. I love that feature. I didn't there, know too. how I was gonna feel about that either. When I saw it, I was like, ah, I was like, damn. I was like, I don't know. I feel like all in the way. But like I, 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 they made it work. It sounds yeah. good to me. So like he falls in that area to me. There's a couple guys that I feel like about that. I'm not gonna lie to you. I felt like that about Young Thug for the longest time. Really? I did, yeah, because I was I was so close minded to that whole style, and like, and also like I wasn't willing to try to listen to the accent and try to figure out what he's saying, like, because it's so weird to me thinking about it now. Like me in high school, listening to the stuff I listen to now, I wouldn't understand what the hell they were saying. Like I go back and listen to. <laughs> Exactly, like, I go back and listen to, I'm trying to think of, like, Lil Baby to me, like, 
high school, there's no way I would have listened to him because, like, I went back and listened to a lot of my turn, and like, he does have a, like a thick, heavy southern accent at certain times, like that Georgia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has that accent, and it's like a lot of people just think he's mumble rapping. Like, that's just how he talks. Like, that's how he talks. You got to pick up the accent to really enjoy the music. If you're not gonna be willing to sit there and try to learn what he's saying, you're not gonna like it because you're gonna think it's mumble rap just because you can't understand it. I honestly That's how I was about a lot of Atlanta guys at first. I'm gonna be real with you. Um, this is the first song I hear. <laughs> I, I bring, this song brings back so many memories, bro. This song goes hard though, I go. Like, I don't care, it goes to spark. So I'm a stunner, I'm a stunner, I'm a stunner. Yeah, bro. <sighs> Just Absolutely incredible. Talk about nostalgia, man. For real, for real, for real. There's a lot of songs I could pull up on him too. He's been actually. There's a song by Thug that's been in my heavy rotation. That if we did that playlist this week, it's got to be on there in its digits. I don't know why. Yeah, I think it's. I thought it was two. It It might be two or three. It's the one with the white, and he's got the tape over his eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that three? three? I think that's the first slime season I listened to, like when it came out. Bro, I'm telling you, you gotta listen to two. That's the best. That's personally. It's two the best one. Yeah, Digits has been. And this is I shout out. This is Apple Music. I just gotta let it play. We got London on the track. Nigga, Hey. Bro, it's so hard. Well, you have now entered the gym fest with me and Owen. Yes. <laughs> Bro, like. Like that's that that new Apple Music so feature. So what do they say? Is that horses don't stop, they keep going, or hustlers don't stop? They keep going? I hear hustlers. I hear to me, that makes yeah. more sense to yeah. me too. In the long run, like yeah. and what Thug would be rapping around to me, hustlers makes more sense than horses. So we gonna. I mean, I'm sure it'll tell us if we listen <laughs> to the lyrics. But um, the next thing that we have on the schedule is Bobby Shmurda parole. This is, it's a weird thing, because, you know, we think it's kind of strict. We were looking at it before the show, and you're like, ah, this is, this man has got it worse than we did when we was in middle school. Like, he is, he is on that strict, strict lockdown type stuff. But, and I know this is a horrible way of thinking about it, because, like, the caveat to what I'm saying, like, I'm saying is, like, he has this parole to, what, 2026, I think we said? So, the next five years. Um mm-hmm. So the issue is, is like it's better than being in jail for the next five years. But at the same time, I'm like I'm curious to see what other guys' paroles are when they got out, because Bobby served most of his time too. Like he didn't get out. Like six nine got out how early? Bobby served seven of his ten years already. Mm, he got out like ten months early. Yeah, yeah, like he he not even a full year early he got out, and he's got a parole for the next five years. He can't go to the clubs. He can't drink alcohol. Beyond is it not that. at all, or is it after a certain time? No, he, he can't. He can't drink at all. He can't smoke at all, which, depending on where he's at, is legal and not legal. It's illegal to him for the next five years. Um, he can't be out of his house, like, out on the streets past 8 p.m., which that's where the whole middle school thing comes into me. But the caveat, like I said, is that he's not in jail for the next five years, but at the same time, I'm trying to figure out where six nine young boy Kodak, what all their paroles are, because I feel like Kodak's isn't that heavy. I, we never really hear about Kodak's either, because I feel like he always just goes back, no matter what it is. He breaks it and he's back in jail within a year, anyways. Yeah. 
and then he somehow was out within a year again. We've talked about the chronicles of Kodak and his ability to get in and out of jail and how he's the luckiest black man alive. Yeah. And I would have to stand by you with that. You said that first, and I think it's a pretty solid pick, in my opinion, given the, the track record. So I'm, I'm curious. Like, I, that's, that's the thing. I wish I would have looked into a little bit more, and I probably will after. Is I'm curious to see how much it is. Because as much as it is a good thing that you're not in jail for the next five years, it's also kind of horse shit if another guy gets out and his parole is only for two years and it's way less strict, you know? Like, it sucks that out of all the rappers that have been in jail and got out, Bobby's probably done the most time and got out, like, not as early as everyone else did, but it seems like he has the most strict parole out of everybody. Yeah, that's true. So he's done the most time and everything, but then all of a sudden we got to punish him more when he gets out. That don't make sense to me. So, I mean... Shout out to Bobby. I mean, he like I said, he um he got on the phone with Meek Mill and he was so serious about not about not wanting to go back to jail and he meant everything he said and stuff like that. So, um, shout out to Bobby, man. Um, I hope you get through this, bro. Because me not being able to leave the house past eight, bro. Not even, and I mean, in special conditions, like if he's hosting like a party, like in there, like a promoter needs him there or something like that, then you know he's allowed to be out. But besides that, Bobby don't get no type of play. So yeah, as long as it's scheduled, he can be out and about. But it's very, it's still a very, very strict kind of parole. Even when we looked at that video of like him uh, when he first got out, and it was like him drinking. And like they were like trying to pass him, and he's like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. And we all thought like, oh, he's a changed man. Obviously, he doesn't want to get into all that and everything. And I quote with you that I was like, man, I'm happy for him. Like, there's a possibility that's still true that he really doesn't want to get back into all that. But right now, he's legally, he physically cannot, or he's yeah. going to go back to jail. So he's definitely, at least if he's not staying away from it, he's smart enough to be like. I probably shouldn't do that out in the public where there's cameras on me at all times. So yeah, because like. I think somebody was even saying about that one clip, like he that that one clip that whenever he did it, he was like, like, why was this person even recording him in the first place? Like they were trying to catch him lacking, basically. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they were probably trying to catch him lacking. I mean, like we, I, I think I mentioned, I can't remember if I mentioned it before, if it was episode seven. I'm just remembering that, which obviously you guys haven't hear, you haven't heard. So, like. Paparazzi is that's a job. Like there's people's whose job it is to follow you around with a camera, take pictures, video of you doing normal stuff. Like if you pop on Snapchat and look at Daily Mail's story, that's what I mean, I watch I'm not gonna lie to you, I watch Daily Mail story almost all the time just for just to kind of halfway keep up with news because they do report on some interesting stuff, some important stuff, but like the other half of it is like Justin Bieber went out to lunch today. He got a number three at McDonald's, and you're like, what a great story, Tom. Back to you. Like, I don't understand why we're doing all this for, but like like I said, it's a full-time job for some people. So Exactly. So, Bobby, like, I don't think people are trying to catch him up. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. You know, we talked about with Lil Yachty. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was talking about. Do you remember the actual, like, the whole incident that happened? I think he was, was he sleeping? He was on the plane. Yeah, yeah. he was on the plane sleeping, and he was upset because somebody took a video and posted on TikTok and all this and that, and... And you want to talk about that right now? We yeah, can we can. Yeah. yeah. So, so obviously, so Yachty posts this video. Somebody posts a video on TikTok of Yachty sleeping on a plane. And they're like, caught Yachty lacking, da-da-da-da-da. And he was upset. 
Because he's like, I, you know, y'all don't need to be taking videos of me. I'm not lacking. I'm sleeping. I was like, the flight's at 7 a.m. I woke up an hour ago. Like, let me sleep in peace. And he's like, to everyone else who's trying to tell me to fly private, why would I spend four times, ten times as much money as I need to when I could just fly like a normal person? He's like, it's not that big of a deal to me. And what I said about it was kind of mirroring what I just said. Like, I get where Yachty's coming from as a person. Like, you don't want your 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 personal space and your rights to be violated like that. Cause I mean, I think anybody would be upset if their friend videoed them and did that shit. But at the same time, like Yachty's got to realize you're a celebrity, man. Like the public doesn't care about your personal boundaries as much as they should. They don't. Like I said, there's people that get paid to follow you around and stalk you, take pictures and videos of you. So, I mean, if, if someone took a video of you sleeping and that's the worst thing that happened on that flight and nobody bugged you other than that, to me, that's a good-ass flight for a rapper. Like, I think you're lucky that some snotty kid didn't try to wake you up at 7 a.m. and ask you for an autograph because I could definitely see that being within the realm of possibility to me. So I mean, I think... I think you said it in my idea. I was with Yachty. I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. But I think you said it best, and it kind of made me change my mind about it. Is you had said that um, if it was our friend and you saw somebody that we haven't seen in a while or just Tyler sitting in the back of us on the plane, you'd be like, hey, you sleep. Like, we do that with people sleeping in the car. I literally have a video of you, Tyler, and Wesley on our way to Lubbock, Texas. All y'all asleep in the back of the car on my phone right now. Yeah. I could pull up. Mm-hmm. Like, it happens all the time. So with you being a recognizable figure, it's just going to happen even more. Yeah. So so I understand where Yachty's coming from, but at the same time, if you're really not trying to have people do that, you're going to have to shell out the extra money to fly private so that shit doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, so, true. so, so next on the uh, on the on the land of schedules, um, we got the Albert Wilson rape case that was happening in um, mm. Lawrence, Kansas. It's a little update for everyone. So, uh, when did we when did this happen? I, I remember we talked about it. We were trying to pull it up. So basically, Albert Wilson, uh, he was in a club in Lawrence, Kansas, around the KU campus. Uh, he was in a bar at the time. He met this girl. Um, Obviously, you have to be 18 to get into a bar, 21 to drink. It's more of a club than a bar. Um, 18 to enter, 21 to drink. You know, they're both in there. Uh, Robert Wilson said that they had kissed. She said that he had raped her. So the the incident was in 2016. Um, You know, he said that they had just kissed and they were both drunk, so he didn't want to do anything. She said he raped her. Um, there's no physical hard evidence, no DNA samples, no... Prior to this, he was serving, he was already in the middle of serving his 12 and a half year sentence. He's been in jail this entire time while they're trying to fight this. Like I said, no hard evidence. There's no, no hairs at his house, no hairs at, of hers at his house or her house and vice versa, whatever. There's no physical evidence. It's a strictly a he said, she said thing. They sentenced him to 12 and a half years. He's been serving the last three or four. He just got out today, and we were talking about it. Like he looks, he does not. He's not happy to be out. And he this, was released on a hundred thousand dollar bond. It was a hundred thousand dollar bond for a rape that is strictly a he said, she said case with no physical hard evidence. He's been serving the last three and a half years. He just got out. He was on TV with his lawyers, and nobody in like his circle looked happy to be there at all. No, because I think we can all realize, and I think we can all agree, this is a very small win for for him like to this this is the bare minimum of righting the wrong like first of all the hundred thousand dollars did not need to be paid to get him out because like i said he shouldn't be there in the first place this is 
the, the bare minimum was getting him out. Now it's about reparations because this man has lost the last three and a half years of his life. He has a massive stain on his name anywhere he goes now, especially in Kansas. If he's anywhere around Lawrence, fills out a job application anywhere in public, and Albert Wilson is anywhere near it, everybody knows who he is now. Like that's His name is tainted. I mean, that's, it's not his fault. He doesn't deserve it, but it is what it is, you know? So, so, and I still think that, that girls, and, and this would be hard to do in this case, because it is a strictly, he said, she said, we can't hundred percent prove that it didn't happen. So it's, I think girls should be charged some type of sentence for false rape allegations. Now you have to, the reason I think it's not a thing and why it can get kind of dicey is that like. To prove that it's false means you also have to prove that it didn't happen. Like, Albert Wilson and his legal team has proved that it didn't happen. Like, they proved that it probably didn't happen. I don't know how to explain it. You know what I'm saying? Like, because either it happened or it didn't. Just because it didn't happen doesn't mean it didn't happen, if that somehow makes sense. I feel like it doesn't make sense. I'm trying to explain it, but I don't know what I'm saying. Like... You have to also have evidence that she faked it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's a he said, she said, it's hard to call it. But if you can prove that she fabricated this entire story, you find text messages between her and her mom or whatever, where she's like, yeah, uh, me and a guy made out at the bar. I don't really know how I feel about it. She's she like, was 17 at the time. Yeah, that's, that's where it really comes back down is the statutory rape. And like I said when we first talked about this on, on episode 7, like – he has he's in a bar he's in a club i think the worst thing about that is like we never get to know because a lot of people like a lot of girls do find guys attractive and they were drunk at the time so she might have like oh he's cute this this and that and she might have told him the wrong age to get her to like actually go to that place with her you know And 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 that's the thing for him like we're in a club it's 18 to enter he should have no reason to believe that this girl's any younger than that you know, if the people up at the front door are doing their job, she's not in the club right now. He's he doesn't have to worry about all any of this happening. So, so like the bar to me owes him some reparations. I think the girl owes him something. I think the state of Kansas owes him something. The judge that served him twelve and a half years on no hard evidence deserves some. Like this man has a lot, a lot to. That needs to be paid back to Albert Wilson. The freedom was the bare minimum because the freedom is the thing that he had at the beginning that should have been taken away from him. So so now it's about time we got to pay this kid back. He lost three and a half years of his life, the stain on his name, all this stuff, man. And and this girl, like, they can prove that, that he didn't rape her, but it's about whether she truly fabricated the story or not. Or if she remembers it like that, there's a solid possibility that's what she remembers. You know, and and the most important distinction to me is that like, just because you regret having sex with someone doesn't mean it's rape. Just because you have sex with someone the night before, if you're both sober and you willingly consent to sex and then wake up regret it the next morning, that doesn't mean it's rape. It was a kid. My boy, my boy, my boy, old dog speaking them facts on that video. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, just because you regret the decision, like if you got a boyfriend, you go out to the bar. And you, you, know, you get drunk, you know, whatever I'm saying. Like, it's that's where it, the lines get super blurred. It's super hard to tell what the hell happened because if you're drunk and the guy's drunk, who the hell's going to remember what the hell happened the night before? That's where it gets really murky and you have no idea what the fuck happened. I mean, she admitted to being drunk, so. 
And and unless to me, like I can't really pin rape on him now. If he's completely sober and it's she's, the fact, it's the fact that she admitted to no no no, no taking away, but it's the fact that she admitted to it, and they're all like, it's the female jury, the female judge, the white female jury, the white female judge. Yeah. They're like, baby, you don't have to lie. We're gonna take care of this for you. Exactly. So it's just it's just one of those things that's a shitty situation. And I'm glad he's out. I think his legal team's glad he's out. I know he's not happy, but I think he's obviously he's gonna be glad he's out. But like I said, this is a very small win for their legal team. This is nowhere near from over. It's time to get this man some type of payment for losing the last three and a half years of his life. So, and I think he has to go. Well, I think he has to go through another trial. They're hoping that he doesn't have to. But even if he doesn't have to, like, if you have no evidence for whatsoever, like, I mean, money can ease the pain. But I don't even think money eases the pain for the. No, it doesn't. Like I said, sat down, you laid in the bed next to actual pedophiles and murderers and people who actually did this stuff and were caught with the evidence of doing this stuff. And here we are, you know, what sixty? Not even. Five, seven, eight years later, bro. Like, but he's been in there doing time. He's bro. been doing hard time for in the last prison for the last four or five years. I was when I said three and a half. That's an understatement. We're in twenty twenty one now. Yeah, this is twenty sixteen. This is this is it would have been coming up on five years to the date this year. So it was at least four that this man has spent in jail. And jail changes people, man. Like you don't usually come out the same. Like. It, it it messes saw, with your head. Man, bro, I saw that video of him when they're like the judge told that they were gonna pill it and do it over, and they were gonna release him on bond. I saw that video of him crying, bro. That that just touched me, bro. I I I wish nothing but the best for him. I pray for him going forward for his mental health, because like I said, he's out. That's the bare minimum, because like, he's got four to just, five that years. The way that you even talk to females, that's bro. the four to five years of mental trauma he has from being in there and it changes the way you act around females now because that's the reason you got locked up in the first place i can't imagine what his first date's gonna be like like i don't know if it's gonna happen within the next two to three years he's probably got some serious stuff he has to work through so i pray for him i hope that he 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 overcomes the things that he's going through I think he, he's done a great job the last five years of keeping his head up and to keep fighting this thing because he knows he shouldn't be there in the first place. That's real, bro. So, so, I mean, props to him and props to his legal team as well for just you can't give up in a situation like this at all. And it's tough. It's tough to go in that courtroom day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, and just to be denied, 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 to finally get there and realize that the work hasn't even started yet. You know, we got to make up for the last five years now. So, so I pray for him and his family going forward. I hope everything turns out well. I hope he's okay in the long run. Like I said, five years in jail is going to change a person. No matter who he is when he comes in, it's not going to be the same person when he walks out. So, um, next on, well, we have the we got we got to you know do a we little, got a little preview here, little preview, you know. So, preview. so next week episode eight is going to come out. Voice uh, of the podcast and going. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them how we doing it, Brad. It's going to be on Friday. We're getting back to the regular scheduled program. This is an off week. You know, shit happens. Technical difficulties happen. We're going to be back. You know, this isn't going to happen again, Mm -hmm. you know. 
Um, but next week is a very special show, something I'm very, very excited for. We're going to do a little GOAT special for y'all. So we're going to talk about hey, a little... Tell them how we're doing the, the format for the hours. Little, little, we're going to start off with a little GOATs of rap, I think. I think we're going to start in the rap category. I mean, that's something that we're all passionate about, and I think we can bring a lot of knowledge to the table. Then we're going to move out to music in general. Uh, we kind of want to do pop stars, but I'm trying to do... Music in general. So that means if you feel like rapper, this rapper has truly influenced the game that much, you can put him in the conversation. But no, he's got to go to bat with the Beatles, the Eagles, Michael Jackson. I mean, anybody. And if you're listening to this, DM us who you think the GOAT of all music is. Yeah. Because it's it's not going to be an easy one. This is something we got to sit. This isn't something I'm going to sit down on Friday before we record and be like, oh, here's my answer off the top of my head. I'm going to have to go look. You're going to look at the influence versus the numbers versus the the replayability, the awards, the accolades. All this has got to come into effect here. So after we get all hyped up and talked about all this, um, we're going to move into sports. We're going to do a little talk about the goats of basketball. Obviously, you got to settle the age-old LeBron versus MJ versus Kobe versus whoever you want to put in the top five conversation. Put Kareem up there. You can put whoever you want. We're going to get to the bottom of it. Um, I think we're going to talk about quarterbacks, too. I was very excited to talk about uh, the goats of quarterbacks because I felt like I had a really controversial opinion. I've done my research since then. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just going to give you a little sneak preview of what we're going to talk about. I, I was going to come out on the air and say that I thought Drew Brees was the best quarterback to ever touch a field. Um, I definitely think he's one of the most underrated. I've went and looked up. I did the research, looked at the numbers. Uh, I've changed my mind. I think that's, that's too far out of there. Um, I think it's pretty easy to tell who the GOAT of of the quarterback class is, being being that man down in Tampa Bay. But I'm going to tell you why it's not because he has seven rings, because it's not. Y'all need to get past the ring talk because it's not the end-all, be-all of this conversation. It's not the end-all, be-all conversation in basketball either. Rings is a team accolade to me. Super Bowls are. It's incredibly impressive to get there ten times and to win seven or win four in bronze case. There is... There is much more than rings when it comes to this conversation. So, so be ready to talk about it because I'm gonna tell you why Tom Brady's the goat, and it's not because of the seven. Be ready rings. to listen to it. Yeah, be ready to listen because I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the knowledge. You Owen, know, Owen Burke, ladies and gentlemen, let's give him a round of applause, man. <laughs> he makes my job easier. I don't have to talk as much. I'm 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 excited. And then the last thirty minutes, we're gonna round it out into a topic that a lot a lot of people talked about recently, and it's the goat of of American sports, the North American sports. So we're talking. We're talking anything. We're talking, you know, U.S. national swim team. We're talking Michael Phelps. We could talk about. We could talk about. Mm -hmm. I mean, Serena Williams. We could talk about. If you want to put Brady in that conversation, you could put Jordan up there. You could put LeBron. Whoever. UFC. American. Yeah. I mean, if you want to put, we could put Mike Tyson up there. We could put Muhammad Ali. Whoever you want to talk about. American sports. So we're here. Anything that's been regularly played in America for over, you know, fifty years or whatever. I don't think we're going to be too strict on it. I think there's going to be a, a solid ten list of names we're going to have to choose from, but it's going to be tough because there's there's a lot of people that I tell you what, you do the research, you give us ten names, we'll pick. That's going to be tough. I'll try to come up with something, but I can tell you, I think the individual sports people that compete by themselves to me is a lot easier to pick. A Serena Williams, 
and a Michael Phelps versus a Tom Brady or a Michael Jordan is a lot easier to pick because we'll do a bracket on that. You don't, or yeah, because because you get like with Brady, there's a lot of variables. How good is his defense? Who's his wide receiving core? Head coach? Who's he playing in the Super Bowl? All this stuff. When it's Serena Williams, it's like Serena Williams is going to win a Grand Slam. It's on Serena Williams' back. You know what I'm saying? Like she's yeah, she's got to go out there and she's got to put the work in herself. You know, she may have a hitting coach on the sideline, stuff like that. But she don't got teammates. It's not like back in the, the 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 old days when it was her and Venus. Yeah, she don't got teammates like that. She's got to go out there and she's got to win. And she's got a lot of competition now too. So and and, and the thing about tennis is they get younger and younger. And, and the thing and and it relates to Serena Williams and Tiger or Tiger Woods are the two names that come to mind. Is the dominance that those two brought to their respective sports is why I wouldn't say it's why those sports are alive today, but it's why they're entering the late stages of their career and they're starting to get beat because these people grew up watching them. These people grew up wanting to beat these people and now they're doing it. Like you look at Tiger Woods, like the way Tiger Woods' prime evolved over in the early 2000s and how good he was and how good he was supposed to be, like, now you look at where Tiger's at now. If Tiger wasn't as good the first way around, he'd probably still be winning Masters. Problem is, is that every kid that was watching Tiger Woods in 2001, 2002 and got into golf because of Tiger Woods are now the ones he's playing against. He's he's born this whole generation of golfers that are now going out there and whooping him on every Sunday. I mean, he's going to give him a run for his money. He's Tiger freaking Woods. I mean, but that's real, though. I mean, that's, that he's, when you go against your idols, your idols become rivals in the middle of that moment. So mm-hmm. you want to beat them. That's every guy that comes into the NBA, they want to beat LeBron. Exactly. That's everybody that comes into the NFL, they want to beat Brady. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, look at Chase Young. He wanted to tackle Brady from that's draft every, night. That is every rookie, every rookie edge rusher you'll ever see. You're like, oh, who's a quarterback you want to see? And they always ask. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're not going to get the same answer. There's probably three guys that are on that list. You're like, everybody wants to sack the GOAT. Everybody wants to sack Brady. Everyone wants to sack Mahomes because they feel like he's on the top of his game. And everybody wants to sack Lamar because it's not an easy thing to do to get that man down, and especially behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm very excited to talk about that next week. Um, it's kind of my specialty and, and what I do best. So I'm going to bring the heat. Like, y'all make sure you're right there for episode eight. Like I said, this is not something I'm going to sit down and spit out word of mouth like i'm gonna bring the numbers i'm gonna bring the stats so y'all be ready because i'm gonna be ready so don't be ready you ain't gotta get ready right? yeah stay ready you ain't gotta get ready so uh we're gonna get into this last couple minutes man it's a sports roundup i'm gonna let you introduce the topics we're gonna okay. go with you so we'll jump from you know we're just talking about albert wilson we'll jump from one unfortunate situation to the next we're gonna talk about deshaun watson Obviously, he's been in the spotlight uh, March 16th. I think we nailed down was the first date where all the sexual misconduct and allegations have started stemming from. Um, There's now, I believe, as of of us talking right now, as far as I know, um, I think it's up to 16 women now that have filed allegations of some type of sexual harassment or misconduct against him, whether it be rape or... Or some forcing some type of oral sex or something like that. Um, we're 16 women in, and the Houston PD has not seen a single report about anything. So, um, just looking at the situation from the outside in, I don't want to take anything away from these women. I think I think a lot more women than men know have dealt with things like this in their life. Like it's scary. It is absolutely terrifying to me how many women I've talked to 
where you know we'll be talking about this situation or another situation like the Albert Wilson thing, and they'll be like, "Oh, that happened to me like four times in high school." I was like, "It's just it's such a common thing," and like you uh, see. Ooh. Who are you talking to? That's depressing. Well, it is depressing, but I'm telling you, you'll realize like if if you find a uh, you find women that are willing to talk about it, like it's a real thing. Like, and and a lot of people like oh, as men, we need to be better. And a lot of people like, well, I don't do that stuff. Like, I think a lot of guys don't it's realize. Like, it's not in that you're not doing this stuff. It's like, it's also keeping accountable of your bro that might be doing that. Exactly, stuff. and like a guy like David Dobrik has gotten in trouble for that recently because really, yeah, that's is that why what he got in trouble. Yeah, that's all this stuff that's stemming from him is that like on his vlog like two years ago, he had a buddy that was talking about it, and he was like, "Oh, she was hammered. I was completely sober." Da 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 da, and like they just skim past it, act like it didn't happen, and people were like. Wait a second, that's not okay. Like, did they like go back two years and just dig that up? I don't know how it happened, but I'm assuming there was something that sparked a conversation and then people went looking. That's usually how it happens. Somebody will be like, hey, this is kind of shady. And the second you see one thing, that's when all the people on the internet are like, all right, well, time to search every 3,000, all 3,000 <laughs> of these YouTube videos and see where all this happened. And there's people that do it, man. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how much time they got on their hands, but they do it. So. That's what he's got in trouble. David. You got to you got to hold accountable for the bro. Yeah, he's he's put out two apology videos since. Both of them were kind of sad and not really real to me. I haven't watched all of them just cuz I couldn't get through both of them, but it's being a, accountable for yourself cuz I feel like a lot of guys don't know. Like you asking a girl to have sex four, five, seven, ten times in a night and her saying no nine times and her saying yes once is it's not rape, but it's definitely sexual harassment. Like, there's no like if she said no, that means no. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, just because, just age. because, and like, no means no. Obviously, like in the act, or if she said no ten times and then yes once, it's still really a no. She said yes because she's worried that you're just gonna take it at one point because you're not leaving her apartment until she says yes. That's that's rape. That is sexual harassment, like, point blank. I don't know how much of a predator you want to be, bro. Like, you, if she means no, bro, it means no, bro. Like, there's no way you can justify you doing it after and trying to text her and say sorry. Doesn't make it better. Like, yeah, you're a shit person. There's no other way to say that. Like, and like I said, you'd be surprised. Like, how many, how many, how many girls that I've talked to over the years that have had that stuff happen. And sometimes it's with their family, which is a whole different – that's a whole different – to me, like, when it happens and it's it's uncles or people that you're close to in your family, that's a whole different set. That's where you enter a whole different playing field and it's worse. Yeah, I've, I I know people that have, that, that have had to dealt with that too in their life. So it's a lot more common than guys realize. Like, I was I – was, I was horrified when I found out just like just how often it was, you know, like that it's just a casual thing for girls to go through and and half of it doesn't get reported. I mean, you know, there's for every Albert Wilson case, there is 15 of girls that go through like go through like all those allegations are real and it never comes to light. And it's just like a. Uh, a crazy story that they tell when they're or wine drunk at 40 years old situation with the was it the linebacker for the seattle seahawks it was the offensive tackle yeah yeah and you beat your wife to death yeah so so I, another thing i want to talk about with deshaun is obviously i don't i like i said i don't want to discredit any of the 16 women i think because that if, is a serious thing if it, if it comes out that he did that like 
I think that he should have some punishment. Like he really Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, there's he shouldn't play in the NFL again. Yeah. Especially if if even 16. if even if five of them are real yeah. and 10 are fabricated, first of all, that story is going to go to shit because now you have to look at yeah, five of them were real and he needs to be punished, but at the same time they they went out and paid 10 to 11 girls to tack onto the story and make it somehow more believable. That's a whole fucking different thing that the Texans need to be punished for. The whole thing is fishy to me. Like I said, we that's just haven't seen. I just we haven't seen none of the girls either, not one. And usually, when a girl is like clout chasing, they want their face. To they be want their face and at least their name in the story. Yeah. We haven't heard a single name. We haven't. The, the Houston PD hasn't seen a single report. The lawyer announced it on March 16 by posting a picture of Deshaun Watson, like just a game picture of Deshaun Watson, and then saying he was happy to announce that he had filed a a lawsuit against Deshaun with, I think it was four women originally, or one, it was one originally, and it's grown to 16 in two weeks. We haven't heard a single name, no faces. Houston PD hasn't seen a name, faces, or documents. Deshaun, it was like a week after, and he's like, I know the allegations are being made against me. He's like, nothing has crossed my desk. Nothing has crossed my lawyer's desk or anybody in my camp has seen nothing about it. There's like, as far as I'm concerned, this guy is is talking bad about my name and saying he's filed all these things and done all these serious things. We haven't seen a single thing. He's like, how am I supposed to defend my name and and do all this and try to rebuke these things if I'm not even seeing the paperwork that you're supposedly filing? So to me, I never want to discredit any woman that has a story to tell because, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. More often than not, it's probably real. But there's, there's cases like this where it's just something seems off. I don't want to say that all 16 are fake. I don't want to say that any of them are so, fake. I mean, that's still a big number. Exactly. It's it's a terrifying thing whether it's real or fake. You know, it, it's terrifying if it's real because Deshaun doesn't seem like that kind of guy, but nobody does. Like but I like, said, but like the thing about it is, when you go out on the football field every every Sunday, you play for the name on your back. Now that's your family's name on the line. Exactly. That's that's everything that has to do with you as a player that you've worked hard for. You got to go clear your name, Deshaun. Whether I understand that silence is key at times, but this is 16 women coming up and speaking about you. Bro. And that's exactly what he's saying. He's like, I don't even know how to defend myself because I was like, how can I file an appeal or or do this anything in court if I haven't got any paperwork over? That's real. So, so something seems fishy. I don't know where it is. Um, it's so like it's have a, they like got to the point where they're like. Like trying to move this to court, or like we got a date, or we have that's the thing, and that's why it keeps being talked about is because there's small updates and stuff, they just keep women adding. But like Houston PD hasn't seen anything, Deshaun hasn't seen any paperwork. You can't really go to court until we've got the papers on hand. The lawyers posted on Instagram about them, we haven't seen a single fucking document yet. So, yeah, I don't know that. Like I said, it's all corny. If you want to look, I don't remember the lawyer's name or anything, but his his Instagram is extremely corny. Um, Anthony Busby is his name. Um, he's on Instagram. You can find the post about Deshaun Watson from March 16th on there. Um, it's just fishy. It's weird. Did I mention the fact that that lawyer, Anthony Busby, that's that's filing the claim is best friends and uh, next door neighbors with the owner of the Houston Texans? And all this stuff happened two weeks after Deshaun Watson decided he wanted to be traded away from Houston because it's a horrible franchise that's horribly run by that horrible owner. (laughs) Here we are, back to fucking square one. Owners suck. 
Texans owner sucks. His best friend, the lawyer, sucks. And Deshaun Watson's being punished for it. So it kind of killed the offseason. It, it has major ramifications for the NFL as well outside of it because Deshaun was supposed to land in San Francisco, Denver, Miami. Now Miami's settling with Tua. They've made that apparent by moving down in the draft. 49ers are going up. They're obviously going to take a QB. They're moving on. The Broncos are obviously possibly still interested once this all gets cleared up just because as good as Drew Locke is or you think he's going to be, Deshaun Watson is an obvious upgrade over him. So it's we'll see. I don't think he's going to put a, a Houston Texan uniform on ever again. Whether this gets resolved and, and his name is cleared, whether he goes to jail, uh, whatever. For instance, uh, say, for instance, these allegations are not real and it is fabricated, I would never want to see. I, bro, the game I come back is going to be a game for history, bro. And it's I'm not going to be in a Houston Texans jersey. Oh, no. If anything, I'm, when my name gets cleared and it gets to the end of the season, and you know, you're, you're about to be traded or you got a new contract somewhere, I'm like – Either I'm going back in the division or I'm figuring out who Houston plays week one. I'm going there and I'm playing there because I'm going to I'm going to make them look stupid because, like I said, if this all comes out false to me, this falls back on the Texans. This is kind of a weird situation. It's kind of fabricated. They deserve to be punished. And I think Deshaun's going to would love to get his own his own serve of punishment against his own teammates on the field as well even though they had absolutely nothing to do with any of it. You know, it's going to feel good to look up in the scoreboard of him in a in a whatever jersey and see that they're up 42 to nothing over the team that he used to play for that did this shit to him. So, um moving away from that, uh talking about the Dolphins and their QB situation, how how I talked about them moving down. Uh I believe uh it happened Thursday. It was Thursday, Thursday or Friday uh, of this last week. Um, the, yeah. So then the 49ers move up to number three. Originally it was, they traded up to three with the dolphins. Um, they gave up two first round picks and a third next year. So they hold all their picks this year. They gave up a first rounder in 2022 and then a first and a third in 2023 to the dolphins to move up and obviously pick 12 of this year's draft to move up into the draft at three. It's obvious. They're going to take a quarterback. I think here, I think they are, John Lynch is a smart GM. Um, they've made, Obviously, every GM has their questionable moves, but if they go up to three here and they don't take a quarterback, I would – shock of the century is an understatement to me. Like, you don't you don't give up two first-rounders to so, go get a wide receiver. So, so, we're at the draft, POV. We're at the draft, mm-hmm. and they go for somebody else, not a quarterback. What do you? What do you? What's well, your first of all, we gotta turn around, find Bryce Jordan and Fur and and Nick, and try to calm them down because I know they're gonna be rioting. <laughs> they're gonna try to go tackle Roger Goodell on the stage. Because, um, like I said, you don't give up two first round picks to go take a wide receiver. You don't give up. I'm, I love Kyle Pitts. He's a great guy. You're not giving up two first rounders to go after Kyle Pitts. It's not going to happen. Okay, before we go continue, don't forget, don't forget. Uh, I'm going to ask Owen here live, which one should I get? I was thinking Mark Andrews or JK. Which one? Which, which jersey? It's tough. I think you should go with Mark Andrews because I think that's more your guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I kind of think I might get a J.K. Dobbins jersey down the line. So, me being selfish. But Mark Andrews is your guy. Yeah. I mean, that's probably your second guy on our team outside of Lamar, especially with Willie Sneed now yeah. gone. 
Uh, he's landed in in Vegas with the Raiders. I do love me some Marlon. Though. Yeah, Marlon Humphrey's my guy. If they if if I could find a white forty four jersey or even a white twenty nine jersey before Earl Thomas got there and made him change his number, I'd I'd wear that all the time. I don't care. So so after the the Dolphins and the Niners move around. So originally the Dolphins are back at twelve. The Eagles then moved up. They were no no no. The Dolphins moved back. They landed at 12 eventually. They moved back to 6. They jumped back to 12 with the Eagles. The Eagles moved up to 6. The Eagles were in the hunt for 3 after seeing Zach Wilson's pro day and kind of feeling out with the Jets GM. It seems like right now 1 and 2 are locked. Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson. I don't. I feel like I just said Fields. I meant to say Wilson. I feel like right now it's Trevor Lawrence at 1, um, Zach Wilson at 2. I think that's kind of a set in stone thing, at least right now. Anything can fucking happen. Urban Meyer can decide to trade the number one pick if he truly wants to. You know, if he feels like he wants to let it ride with Gardner Minshew, the only thing, obviously, I think that's a bad idea is just because I know how, I think we all know how good Trevor Lawrence can be. I think his ceiling is, I think his ceiling is higher than Gardner Minshew. I think if I'm a team without a QB, and, and I miss out on the quarterbacks in this draft class, I would 100% go trade for Gardner Minshew. I think he's underrated. I think he's a stud. I think he has what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. Also, really? get Sam Darnold out of New York. I, I, I'm I not going to bet on Sam Darnold being a franchise quarterback. I've seen the plays from him. Everybody's talking about this throw from Zach Wilson's pro day. Rolls out to the left, off his, kind of off his back it's foot, in motion. Throws it, and everyone's like, I thought Zach Wilson was the only player to do this. They play a clip of Sam Darnold literally picture perfect, the exact same throw. It was it was 40 yards shorter. It was only like a 30 to 40-yard route. Zach Wilson let that fly for 60 to 70. But it was in a game against the Niners, which is a solid defense, and he just, same throw, just doubted it in on a slant route, and completion, you know, first down for the Jets. Like, I wouldn't bet on uh, on Sam Darnold being a franchise guy, but I 100% still think he has the potential. There was there was a lot of talks, and the majority consensus said he was the best quarterback in that draft class uh, over Baker Mayfield, over Josh Rosen, over Lamar, and I always forget the last quarterback that's in that class. It's probably the one that got drafted first, but there's a lot of talk. Daniel Jones, that was a different class. I don't even know who I'm thinking about, but there was a lot of talk that Sam Darnold was the best quarterback in that class. And so when when the Browns went one and they went Baker, instead, people were shocked. They were like, oh, my God, Sam Darnold landed in New York. Too bad Adam Gase is an idiot. And here we are, Sam Darnold is struggling four years into his career. So if I'm a team without a QB, like if the Niners didn't move up for a quarterback, I think Sam Darnold 100% would show out in Kyle Shanahan's offense. So if Darnold lands in the right spot, I think he has what it takes to be a franchise quarterback Darnold still. Darnold to Denver wouldn't be a bad fit. I'm trying to think of who else would need a QB. I feel like most teams that need one are are probably going to get one in the draft. Yeah, yeah like like I'm I it would never happen, but I think the Patriots should call about him. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. There's no way they'd ever trade him in division. But uh, if Trey Lance somehow goes before pick eight and the Panthers don't get a QB, I'd have the Panthers call about him. I I hundred percent think he can he can be it a guy that could start and be a franchise guy. I think 100% the raw talent is still there. So, um, like I said, the Eagles move up. So, originally it was uh, the Niners and the Dolphins had the trade, and then they tacked the Eagles in. So, the Dolphins ended up landing back at 12. The Eagles are at 6. The Niners are at 3. 
Um, like I said, I think I don't know which quarterback's going to go at three. There's been a lot of weird talk recently that for some reason Mac Jones is going to go at three to the Niners. I would lose my mind if Kyle Shanahan passed on Justin Fields, but who knows? It's the it's the it's the NFL draft. Anything can happen. There's no guarantees. Like I said, Urban Meyer could trade the pick if he wanted to. I don't think he will. But there's there's a possibility of that. There's a possibility the Jets sticking with Justin Fields. There's a possibility the Jets taking Penny Sewell at two and riding with Sam Donald going forward. If Robert Salah thinks Sam Darnold could be the guy as much as I think, they could go you, tackle. You're Urban Meyer. You don't go get your boy Justin Fields, the one you recruited. I don't. I don't think so, man. Trevor Lawrence is right there. Like, I am. A lot of people have been super high on Zach Wilson recently, and and they think that he's going to be the best QB in this class. I mean, say what you want. Trevor Lawrence was drawing Andrew Luck comparisons his freshman year at Clemson, like. Don't forget the talent just because we've watched three years of it now. Like there is when when people look at college QBs going to the NFL, there's three names that get referenced a lot, and it's Andrew Luck, Dan Marino, and John Elway. They get talked about a lot. Are the most complete QBs coming out of college? Trevor Lawrence was fourth on that list for the last three years. I'm not gonna th- I as good as Zach Wilson is or he can be. I'm not gonna throw away what I've seen. Trevor Lawrence do you know so where do you rank this quarterback class on amongst others amongst other QB class I think it's going to be a solid class the only thing is is I could see I could see a world where where Zach Wilson Justin Fields Trevor Lawrence and either Mac Jones or Trey Lance all do well and we have four of the five quarterbacks succeed I also see a future where all five of these QBs suck to be honest with you like because Trevor like if Trevor Lawrence Drafted later in the round is one of the best. Yeah, like you'll see like if Mac Jones somehow falls like back to 15 or something like that, he'll be the best one somehow. Uh, and even then, I don't think it'll be that good. Like, Because if Trevor Lawrence struggles, I'm going to be honest with you, I know that Adam Gase is gone and they have a new head coach. I am very nervous about whoever goes to the Jets, especially if it's QB. They just have a bad history of ruining rookie quarterbacks. I know it's a completely different regime up there now, and if things are different. I don't know why Washington doesn't trade up and just go get a pick, man. At this point, I, you're going to be trading up to get Trey Lance or Mac Jones, you know, or Justin Fields if he somehow falls past three. Like I said, it's the NFL draft. Anything can happen. The Niners did come out and say that Jimmy G was the guy going forward. So there is a possibility that the Niners don't go QB, but like I said, I don't think you give up two first-round picks to go draft anything but a quarterback in my mind. What are we, you know? Cliff also said that Josh is a guy. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, which I think we all knew that that was cap Mm -hmm. to me at the Mm -hmm. beginning. Like, you had the number one overall pick. Saying anybody was your guy was cap to me because you you have everybody on the board at your disposal. You can take whoever you want here. So, like, to come out and say that Josh was the guy with the t- quarterback talent was there was – I never bought a second of it. <laughs> so, um, in the latest free agency roundup, we're going to try to speed through this real quick and get to March Madness. Um, Kansas City Super Bowl hero Damian Williams lands a one-year deal in Chicago. It's a crowded backfield. David Montgomery had a career year last year, 1,000 rushing yards. Tariq Cohen is explosive as ever. Man, I wish y'all could have heard Cam – Talk about this. Yeah, he was he was excited to talk about the Bears. He wasn't happy about it. He he had his frustrations with the Andy Dalton signing as well. But for Damian Williams, it kind of sucks. Uh, I mean, like I said, if you go back and watch the Super Bowl, he's the Super Bowl MVP. Patrick Mahomes isn't. I'm sorry. That was that was probably in the top five of I Patrick Mahomes' worst career games. And a lot of 
A lot of Chiefs fans will disagree with you, but the ones that will agree with you are the ones that are being real about it. Like, they're not saying that he's a bad quarterback. That was not a good game for him. The one against Miami in this year's regular season was bad. That Super Bowl loss was right there in that conversation, in my opinion. So, and Damian Williams, Damian Williams ran his ass off. He played so well in that game. Sits out a year because of COVID. They draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They sign Le'Veon Bell. All of a sudden, he doesn't have a roster spot in KC anymore. It sucks. Clyde is their future going, though. Oh, 100%. He fits the offense perfectly. I think they would have been better suited to take J.K. Not as good of a receiving back, but a lot better pure running back. But, hey, I'm not complaining to have J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. I still think we got the best running back in the class of pick 55. So, um, uh, T.Y. Hilton resigns in Indy for uh, $10 million over one year. Not a bad deal. Uh, it's a little bit much, but when you got the money to spend, as much money as they have to spend, it's not a bad thing to keep a, a guy that's been in the offense, stay in that offense, and as much talent as you can keep around Carson Wentz, the better. They have a solid run game. They have the best offensive line in football. It's, you have to keep some talent in there because if he struggles, it's going to be bad news for everybody, especially Wentz himself. Um, the Eagles land Joe Flacco, uh, my boy, um, is going to be the trusty backup behind Jalen Hurts. I think he's a good veteran presence. He brings a little bit different to the table than obviously what Jalen brings. Joe's a very pocket passer, you know, drop back, send it 60 yards down the field off a flat foot. You know, Jalen's obviously a little bit different style, but I like the pick. Uh, wasn't a lot of money, good veteran presence, and and maybe he can teach Jalen a something, a little something or two about throwing the ball deep and how to spin it. Because there was there was a certain time in the in the NFL where Joe Flacco had the best deep ball in the game. It's not now, but it was it was a while ago. Yeah, he was elite. Don't don't cap on me. So, um, Kenny Kenny Galladay lands in in New York with the Giants. Uh, Baltimore's in the running for him. He ends up landing with Danny Dimes instead of Lamar Jackson. Because obviously, when you're doing quarterback rankings, uh, Daniel Jones is. Far ahead of Lamar Jackson, you know, just you got to give me some on that because, you know, because Daniel Jones is an MVP of this league. But moving on from that, and and I would love to get into Kenny Galladay and how mad I was when he signed there. Let's just. I don't got time. So uh, Sammy Watkins does land in Baltimore. So Baltimore gets a little bit of help in the receiving category. It was a lot of bit. Of, it was six million for for one year. Um, not a terrible deal. I wish we would have got somebody better. He gets banged up a little bit. Um, he doesn't usually play a full season, but anybody has helped right now in Baltimore. They need just the strict depth. They need age. They need some – some like usually you need an infusion of youth. You know, you need some young guys. They need some veteran presence because right now I'm pretty sure the oldest wide receiver in the room with Willie Sneed gone is now Hollywood Brown. No, 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 I lied. Chris Moore is also in our wide receiving room. He's 26, but Chris Moore is only on the roster because he's been a great special teamer for the last three years. He's not really even a wide receiver talent at, at, at this point. Right now, the top three receivers. Besides in, Sammy Watkins, go Google our, our wide receiver. Yeah, I, I dare you to go look up Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens wide receivers. You can see the seven names pop up. Three of them have pictures. The top three receivers right now in Baltimore are – are Sammy Watkins, Hollywood Brown, and Devin Duvernay, and I'll give a quick asterisk to James Proch. Uh, that's not his name. I always forget his name. There's a four-string. Is it? Is that right, yeah. James Proch? Okay. Yeah, yeah he's there. Uh, he's not bad. Like I said, Baltimore needed the age. 
I, it's it can't but be rookies earlier, all the time. Earlier this week, they the guess the receivers said they wanted to go with a run heavy offense. Like it's not bad that. to have. That's exactly what we've yeah. had the last two years. Yeah. Look where it landed us: playoff exits. We need to be able to throw the ball consistently, and, and I'm all for it. Whenever your receivers are like, "Let's go to a run heavy offense," you know what that means? They're going to start blocking, and we're going to start springing run plays. Mm-hmm. Love to see that, but we got to be able to throw the ball. You know, like we can't. We can live with running the ball, and it's going to get us 14 wins, and I think it'll give us even a playoff win here and there. Like we can't win a pitch, we can't win a shootout. It's it's hard enough to win a shootout against Patrick Mahomes, let alone without having the guys that are willing to go out there and catch the ball and do and do that. Like I watch you, we, we go back to like what week four, week three, week five, week three, when we go against the Chiefs, and mm-hmm. it's just the defense was on the field so much and Patty was just abusing them. Yeah. And it was the same thing when me and when me and Brenda went last year during the regular season in Arrowhead like we we played well and we almost came back but it was just it took us so long to get into the rhythm of things cuz they were knocking all of our run plays off route that it was too late because Patrick Mahomes is not going to give up a lead that often. It's going to be very, very hard to come back against him. So speaking of KC, they kept Demarcus Robinson. I think that was their move that to counteract losing Sammy, keep Demarcus Robinson in town. Go Gator. Yeah, so I, I think a lot of KC fans like him. He's a fan favorite in the wide receiving room. So, I mean, they're still set with – Tyreek Hill, Byron Pringle. Charles. Charles is not too fond of DeMarcus. Doesn't like DeMarcus? Well, Brendo loves DeMarcus twice as much, so that cancels out. They're really? all good. Yeah, Brendo loves DeMarcus Robinson. So. And he was happy that they kept him over Sammy, too. Just Sammy doesn't stay healthy, and he's a lot of people feel like he's kind of overrated, too. But like I said, he's still the best receiver in our receiving room. I don't care how overrated he is. So, um the Bucks re-signed Fournette. All starters that started the Super Bowl for Tampa Bay are now on contract for the next season. First time. From, yeah, I believe that's the first time in Super Bowl history that a team has been able to hold on to all 22 starters. So, scary hours down Tampa. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do this next year. Uh, there's still a lot of top free agents left to sign as we approach. We're approaching draft month now into April. and um, Tom Brady tweets out. We got to keep our composure. Yeah, he's hyped. He's got his whole team back, his old defense. He's got all of his offensive linemen. He's got every weapon that he had last year, and they're only going to draft younger guys and get better in the offseason. So he has every reason to be excited. They there's have pick thirty-two. They have pick thirty-two this year, yeah. And they still there's still a lot of talent free agent wise. There's still a lot of top tackles and edge rushers are very abundant. AB back again. Yeah, that's true. AB loves Tom Brady. AB loves Tom Brady, but I'd tell you I'd love to see him in purple with his cousin up in Baltimore. Yeah. I would take I would take the experience. I'd love to have I know that Antonio Brown and Hollywood work out because they are related. They work out together a lot. If Hollywood can pick up on just a tad of the route running and be able to release off an average corner, he would, would be one of the best receivers in the I game. I'd love to get him back and bring Dez back on a one year. Yeah, Dez doesn't want to come back. He said he tried it. Yeah, he said he tried it. He, I think he's looking for a bigger role, and which he was expecting to get it in Baltimore because we needed it. It's just it didn't happen. It just didn't work out the way we wanted it to. So uh, into March Madness real quick. Um, Going to try to round out. We've gotten halfway through the Elite Eight now, I believe. Um, so just the bigger storylines. Ohio sends uh, number four West Virginia packing in the first round. That was one of the bigger upsets. Obviously, also ACU. Uh, sent number three Texas home early. Um, Oral Roberts was the Cinderella this year. 
Uh, they sent number two Ohio State out in the first round and number your boys, the number seven Florida Gators out in the round of 32. They were the uh, the second 15 seed in tourney history to make the Sweet 16. It was also just their second Sweet 16 appearance of all time. They were so close to getting out. Yeah, unfortunately today uh, they lost to Arkansas. Uh, they are still missing that the the elusive elite eight appearance for for Oral Roberts. They've they made the Sweet Sixteen twice now, haven't been able to get past it. Um, but they were they were a fun team to watch for those for those two and even the third game. They almost beat Arkansas and made it to the elite eight. Um, I thought they were going to pull it off, but I also thought Loyola Chicago was going to pull it off. They they ended up getting bounced today as well. The Midwest was the land of the upset. Is number two Houston, number eight Loyola Chicago, number eleven Syracuse, and number twelve Oregon State all made the Sweet Sixteen. So that's a lot of upsets. Houston was the only top seed to make it out of that division. Um, but uh, Oregon State ends up, you know, like we said, we thought Loyola Chicago was going to keep going. Midwest continues to be the land of the upsets as number 12 Oregon State sent Loyola Chicago home today. So Sister Jean is done dancing this year. Uh, we hope to see her back next year. Uh, God willing, you know, I'd love to love to have a season four, you know, episode whatever of Boys Don't Lie, the podcast with Sister Jean gracing the cover again. She doesn't get to be on this episode. Obviously, we got to switch it up a little bit. But we hope to have her back soon on the cover of, of BDL. So, um, And then, obviously, uh, you still got all your one-seeds dancing. Baylor moved on to the Elite Eight today as well. Michigan and Gonzaga yet to play, but both of them have played extremely well. If you had to pick right now, last question to round out before we get into our, into our trade deadline, my trade deadline stuff. If you had to pick right now, who's your national champions? If you had to call it, bet your life on it. Who's the national champs going forward? Alabama Crimson Tide. You know, I was going to try to be real cool and, and make that pick, but you stole it right out from underneath me. I think I think Alabama is extremely talented. I think Gonzaga is the most talented team in the tourney left. I think Alabama is a very close second. And the thing is that Alabama is playing its best basketball of the year. It's just they've got to sustain it. You're in the Sweet 16 right now. They've yet to play their Sweet 16 game. Uh, they've got to play four or five more games of it. If they can stay hot, I think Alabama wins it all. Yeah, I've I'm, always been sold on Alabama. Yeah, uh, I was when I first started. I thought it was gonna be Gonzaga, but I've been watching them, and it's just like it's all about who gets hot and who gets hot at the right time and how long you can sustain it. Because yeah. if you can get hot in the round sixty four and thirty two, problem is if you go cold in the Sweet Sixteen, all it takes is one game to go home empty handed. But Javon right, Quinley and them yeah. boys are playing extremely, extremely well right now. So trade deadlines, let's talk it. Yeah, so um, we're going to get into a little third 30 minute trade deadline special coming up. It's just going to be me. I kind of, we, we recorded it as a special. I did. It's just my voice. So if you don't like hearing me talk, go ahead and turn it off now because the next 30 minutes is going to be me flying solo. Uh, I'm just going to kind of uh, break down the trade deadline, talk about what all happened, the biggest moves, and how they impend going forward. And like you said, this was pre-recorded, so, I mean, you want to add on the, the news that we got today? Yeah, so uh, the news we got out today, uh, I think I mentioned it at the very end of the show. I'll talk about uh, at the end of the 30 minutes, I talked about Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldrich. I'm not I'm not one for time stamping, but this, this is going to be time stamped. Yeah, uh, very frustrating, LaMarcus Aldrich. Uh, the Heat were the front runners at the time. I said that at the end of the show. I believe it's the last five minutes. Uh, that they were the front runners to land Aldrich, and I thought that they were going to make a finals run with him. I still think the Heat have the ability to make an Eastern Conference finals run. It's just about beating the Nets. So 
Unfortunately, LaMarcus Aldridge is now going to suit up with the Nets. They now have uh, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, LaMarcus Aldridge is their top six. So you got to also believe that Joe Harris and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie add to that bench depth as well. So they've they are they still do have Spencer. Yeah, they held Dinwiddie through the deadline. That was one of the surprises. A lot of people thought he was going to get moved along with Kyle Lowry, stayed put in Toronto. Um, But obviously, Victor Oladipo landing with the Heat was was the big acquisition of the deadline. So he will. I'll definitely talk about him a lot and, and just all the other moves and the ramifications going forward. A lot of Florida talk. I talk a lot about the Magic and the Heat because they were the two most active teams on deadline day. So, well, that's a that's all from us here at Boy Don't Lie. Yeah, the Boy Don't Lie, man. Uh, shout out to Dante Dante for that intro, man. That was. I love it. Like I, I'm. That beat. Yeah, he's You went crazy on that, man. For real, for real. Shout out to you, my guy. Yeah, we appreciate everything you're doing for us, and we hope to pay it back in the future. For yeah. real. So that's us from. That's all from us. Sad boys on Lighted podcast. For me, Samari and Owen. We'll see you on episode eight, the goat debate. Welcome into this special edition of Boys Don't Lie to Podcast. It's your boy, Owen. We're here. I'm going to talk about Strictly Sports today. Just a little just a little something light, because the NBA trade deadline passed. We weren't able to talk about it on the most recent show. So I wanted to do a little bit of a special, give you all the intel, give you all the details, see what happened, who went where, who did what, and how that impacts the rest of the season. So before I get too far into today's special, I just wanted to tell y'all how much uh, I know I appreciate everyone that's listening to this right now. Anyone that's listened to episode seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I mean, if you've been here since the start, I appreciate you. If you're just now showing up just because of this special, I appreciate you. And I hope you guys stick around, listen to some of other other stuff that we're working on. Um, I know Shay and Sam appreciate you guys just as much as I do. Um, so I, we just wanted to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for all the support. Um, we love you guys. And if you guys have anything that you want on the show, um, just hit one of us up on Twitter. Uh, if you go to Shay, Sam's, or my Twitter, all of our, our link tree is in all of our bios. It has all three of our Twitters in there. So feel free to reach out. Tell us like, hey, I, you know, I have this question or, hey, I want to hear about this or, hey, don't talk about that. You know, whatever, whatever constructive criticism you guys have, man, the more the more interaction we get from you guys, the better I feel like the product is. So if we can get, you know, some more feedback from you guys, that just helps us out more in the long run. So feel free to do that. If not, hey, you're here listening. That's all I can ask for. So I appreciate you for being here. I appreciate you guys uh, for all the support you guys give us. Let's hop right into this trade deadline news. So I'm not going to go in any real order. I kind of um, just kind of threw some stuff in here, like all the transactions I wanted to talk about. I can't talk about every deal, obviously, because uh, yesterday was the the most historic trade deadline day in NBA history. I saw this stat yesterday. So Woj tweeted this out yesterday. So the final tally on the NBA trade deadline, there were 16 trades that happened including 23 teams with 46 players being moved in between teams. And that is the most ever in each category in the past 35 years on deadline day. So it was a very, very busy day. Last year was extremely quiet around the deadline. Uh, This year we had a lot of trades go down and we've even got some buyouts happening in, in the following days or guys that are expected to be bought out. So without further ado, I'm going to hop into our first transaction. Lou Williams, 
sent from the Clippers. He's going to leave L.A. He's headed back to Atlanta. He formerly played at Atlanta, I believe it was 2012 to 2014, I believe, uh, before he went to Toronto and won his first six man of the year in 2015, I believe. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. So um, he's headed back to Atlanta to play with them young boys down in ATL. I think that's a great move for the Hawks. Um so the Clippers get Rajon Rondo, and the Hawks got Lou Williams, two second-round picks in cash. To me, this is a slam dunk of a deal for Atlanta. Um, they are 8-2 and two at this time. They're 8-2 and two since firing Lord Pierce. Nate McMillan is their, their interim head coach. I think he's the answer for them long-term. He's the head coach in Indiana for four years and never had a season below 500 and led those guys to a couple four or five seeds out, out east as well. So... I think they got a good coach. They hold on to John Collins at the deadline. You have Trey Young. I think Lou Williams adds in. And I think this team, I don't think they could make a run in the East, I wouldn't say. But I would definitely say I feel like they they could be a lower seed and they could give a team some problems in the first round. Like this, is, like this Atlanta team is not somebody I would want to run into as a first-round opponent for sure because they have the ability to surprise and, and the how well they're – roster could shoot the three would definitely be an issue in a late game situation we're trying to close so uh for the clippers not sure why other than you're you're just playing strictly to beat the lakers at this point i think lou williams means more to your team i think he means more to your culture he's been there before Kawhi and pg and all those guys got there um he was really one of the only originals left after montrose Harrell left it was him and patrick beverly and so you ship him out and two first round pick or two second round picks just to land Rondo. Nothing against Rondo. Rajon is still great, and he's gonna play off Rondo as a real thing. And I think he's gonna do well for the Clippers. I just I don't know if I felt like giving up Lou Williams was worth getting Rondo though. So I mean, I wouldn't call it a win for the Clippers, but I wouldn't call it a loss. There's a reason they went and did the deal. Obviously, they know their roster, they know what they want, and they know what they need, or so they think. And, and that's why they went with the Lou Williams deal, sent him back down to Atlanta. Now, the main thing about this deal that was that people were curious about was that last year, almost to the day, Lou Williams said that if, he, if the Clippers trade him, he's probably going to retire. Because, I mean, let's be honest, the Clippers are not going to send you, they're not going to send a guy of Lou Williams' caliber to another contender. That's not going to happen. You're not going to see him sent to the Lakers or to the Jazz or anything like that. So he said that knowing that if he gets dealt, he's probably going to go to a bottom feeder team. Now, as of two weeks ago, or, you know, before All-Star break, um, the, the Hawks were a bottom feeder team. They were 14-20 and 20 to start the year. So they fired Lloyd Pierce. Nate McMillan's the interim head coach. They're 8-2 and two since. And I think I think Atlanta is a scary team. If they can work the chemistry issues out, I think that's a that's a scary backcourt that I would not run want to run into in in Trey Young and Lou Williams because both of those guys are going to give you buckets regardless of who's guarding them. So, um, on to the next deal: uh, Norman Powell landing in New New Orleans in Portland. The Trailblazers land Norman Powell to to kind of bolster their playoff push. Uh, they had to give up Gary Trent Jr., Rodney Hood. Both of those guys will head up north to play for the Raptors. To me, this is a win-win. I see it as a win for both teams. Um, the Blazers are trying to compete now. Like they, they're they're in win-now mode with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and all those guys trying to get their their most out of Melo's last one or two years in the league as well. So Norman Powell is a great uh, combo guard that can come off the bench. Great defender. He's a great finisher on the rim. He's a little shaky shooting the three-point, but. 
he's not terrible. Definitely not bad. And and to me, that's a veteran leader for your second unit. That's that's definitely your sixth man. And more importantly, that's the guy that runs the offense when Damian Lillard's not on the court. That's an extremely important position for a team with a good point guard is having a good backup point guard to be there when Dame needs to sit. Um, same thing for Toronto. I think they're close to being into rebuild mode at this point. I hate to say that for all my Raptors fans out there, but... Kyle Lauer is getting older. Pascal Siakam has taken a step back this season. Fred Van Fleet's a baller. Always has been. Always will be. Um, but overall, they're just not doing so hot. Um, they're, I think, a bottom four team in the East right now. They're struggling. They've picked up some decent wins in the first part of the season. They've beat L.A. and they've beat, I believe they have a win over the Suns as well. But just they're still sitting towards the bottom. They can't seem to win the games they're supposed to win. So they get Gary Trent Jr., who's a potential a potential all-star in the future. The raw talent is 100% there, but as it goes for most players, it's about reaching that potential. Gary Trent Jr. is great. They also get Rodney Hood, who to me is kind of a middleman guy. You know, sometimes he's going to come out, light you up for 30 with, you know, eight threes. Sometimes he's going to go 0 for 6. Rodney Hood is... Rodney Hood is extremely streaky at most times, but at the same time, when we got to the bubble last year, he started to tear it up. So, I mean, if he can get back to his bubble ways, I think that's a definite win for Toronto because if they somehow scrape the postseason this year, Rodney Hood's a guy that's going to help you contribute just as much as Norman Powell will because they have Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry. They have two guards that can run the set. They didn't really need Norman Powell. So I think Rodney Hood's a good pickup if he can start playing as well. So, um Moving now to South Beach, the Heat had a busy day, and we're going to talk more in depth about the Heat, uh, so I won't go too much into it. But they land uh, Nemanja Balencia. I uh, probably, I probably butchered that. I think it's Belica. I, I'm, I, I tried to put it into Google Translate and try to listen to it back and try to figure out how to pronounce his name. I'm going to have to learn as a Heat fan. I'm going to have to learn. But Neman Balencia rolls off, so that's what I'm going to go with. So they acquire him from Sacramento. Uh, they send Mo Harkless and Chris Silva out there. I think it's a great deal for the Heat. Uh, you add a stretch four, which is, to me, oh so important in today's game. If you're going to have a dominant five and you're going to have a back-to-the-basket defensive dunk-the-ball type five, which Bam Adebayo can shoot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discrediting what Bam Adebayo can do offensively, but I feel like that's where he stars is around the rim. So when you have a guy like that, and you have a big that doesn't excel at shooting threes, a guy like Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, if you don't have a five that excels at shooting threes, I think that four that can shoot is oh so important in today's game. So having him, you'll stack him into the starting lineup now because, as you'll see, Kelly Olenek gets moved later on in the day. Um, but I think you add him to the starting lineup. Uh, they also lose Myers Leonard as well. So I think it's a, it was a key add just for because I like Balencia. He's great. Uh one of my favorite guys that I've always loved to use on 2K, so I'm happy he's in, in a Heat jersey in real life now as well. Um, I think it'll be great going forward. Like I said, just the, the three-point shooting is what they needed after losing Olenek and Myers Leonard, and I think going forward, I think he's going to be a great fit and just that's a great deal for the Heat. Didn't have to give up too much for him. Um, as far as Mo Harkless, same thing as Rodney Hood, kind of a, it's a veteran swingman. Doesn't do anything great, but he does everything good. So, um, and as for Chris Silva, I've seen flashes underneath the basket of what he has the potential to be. Uh, Sacramento was unable to unlock Hassan Whiteside's potential before he went to Miami, so maybe they could do the same with Chris Silva. 
because uh, I, like I said, I've seen the flashes from him, but still very, very raw, very, very far away from being what he potentially could be as an NBA player. Um, the Mavericks added uh, two sharpshooters for their playoff push. Uh, they've been kind of struggling in in the West. They are, I want to say, they're the eight seed or just inside or just outside of that. You know, they still have. They've, they've got to make a push to, to truly make the playoffs. So they added J.J. Redick and Nico Melli, both two great sharpshooters from New Orleans. Uh, the Pelicans in return add James Johnson, another veteran forward, and Wes Iwandu, who is a K-State grad and just is another guy that he reminds me of a guy that could be a veteran forward. He does everything okay, doesn't do anything amazing. That's the issue. But that's also not a bad thing. That's a well-rounded guy that can add to your bench. He's still very far off. Because the thing is that he can do everything, but he's streaky at doing everything. He's a very complicated player, kind of in the middle of everything, but he's a young guy, and you're never going to turn down getting a young guy, especially when you're giving up a 36-year-old in J.J. Redick. Um, and and more importantly, by adding J.J. Redick, I think that gives the Mavericks a lot of playoff experience. Last year in New Orleans was the only year in J.J. Redick's career, his entire NBA career, that he did not make the playoffs. So, I mean, you're adding 16 years of playoff experience, whether it was first round or finals. You add J.J. Redick, I think it's a great move, and I think it truly does bolster that roster going forward because now you have Luka Doncic, J.J. Redick. You have Nico Melli playing the four. You can put Kristaps at the five if you want to. You can bring Melli off the bench behind Kristaps at the four. You have a lot of flexibility with that lineup. I really like what they did. I think both of those guys are going to help them in a playoff push going forward. Uh, the Nuggets, also one of the teams that had a bigger day. Uh, they had multiple trades that went out. Um, the biggest one being that they land Aaron Gordon uh, at the buzzer of the trade deadline. Uh, they had to give up a little bit, though. This is one of the tougher ones for me to try to grade just because there was so much involved that it's really it's really hard to try to nail down an A, B, C grade for something when there's this much involved. So the Nuggets get Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. Um, and the Magic in return got Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and draft picks back. Now, I like the out of Gordon. At first, I wasn't sure. To me, it was more of a name grad than than a, than a true roster addition. Obviously, the two-time slam dunk comp, uh, competitor, and he should be at least a one-time slam dunk champ. Not a doubt in my mind about that. He still got robbed in 2016. Um, He's averaging 15 points a game this year. He's shooting 37% from downtown, which is a lot better than I thought. Because when I first saw this, I was like, I liked it, but I'm very hesitant. Even when you have a a, a five that can shoot like Nikola Jokic, I'm very hesitant about a four that can't shoot the ball well, but he can. He's shooting 37% from downtown. Not great, but it's definitely manageable. As long as he maintains that and can be consistent around the 30 to 35 to 40 mark, I think it's a great add. Uh, he's going to learn from Paul Millsap behind him, who has a lot a lot to teach. Maybe not in the athletic department, but I think that's the one department where Aaron Gordon is perfectly fine. So um, I like the ad. The only thing is, man, Gary Harris was a bucket. And I know Jamal Murray has separated himself into being the top guard in that set, but Gary Harris and, and Jamal Murray were on the same level at one point. Um, so he'll head down to Orlando, and now it's on it's on the bench of Denver and see who's going to step up. I mean, they have Will Barton, Monte Morris, Michael Porter Jr., who are all extremely good and can all possibly play that two spot. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is one of the very few guys that plays. To me, he's a two, three, and a four. Usually when you have a guy that can play three positions, 
you usually don't find a guy that can play three positions, to be honest with you. You find, you know, your combo guard, or maybe you have a tall shooting guard so he can play the small forward. You have a, you know, a, a three slash four that can be a stretch four, or you have a center that can play power forward. You, it's really weird to find a guy that can play shooting guard and power forward in the same game, but Michael Porter Jr. is one of the guys that could do it. So uh, there's a lot of raw potential with him as well. So we'll see how they can pick up the slack with Gary Harris gone. But I do like the ad of Aaron Gordon. I just don't know about how much they gave up because they also gave up RJ Hampton in that trade, and he could possibly be an all-star down the line. A lot of talent there, but again, raw, raw, raw talent. He is still a rookie. So um, Magic. Like we were just talking about them in the last trade. We're going to talk about them a lot at the end as well with the Heat. Um, they send Evan Fournier up to Boston. So uh, Boston lands Evan Fournier. The Magic got Jeff Teague and draft compensation back. I think it's a great ad for Boston. They're struggling right now. I believe they're under 500, but they're still only two games out of the East, uh, out of being the eighth seed in the East. So I think there's a lot of hope in Boston. I think they, they have the talent, 100% have the talent to be a title contender just they haven't put it together. A lot of people are blaming it on Brad Stevens, which that to me is a joke. I think Brad Stevens is still probably within the top five coaching conversation because there was a while where it was Greg Popovich, Brad Stevens was two, which I think we jumped Eric Spolstra a little much, and that that may be my bias coming in now, putting Spolstra back at two. But Stevens is still a top five coach to me, especially because of his age. He is at the at the very beginning of his coaching career, and I think he's a young mind. I think he's a great basketball mind, and I think the way he thinks about basketball is the same way that I wouldn't say it's the same way, but it's it's a revolutionary way of thinking. It's it's positionless basketball. To me, that's the most beautiful basketball you could play when you have guards and wings and forwards you don't have a center power forward small forward you have you have your guards you have your wings you have your forwards so he, you could go out in the lineup and you have a guy that's a guard slash forward that means he could play the two the three the four the one the two the three the the three the four you know it's all all these combinations so i think brad stevens is fine i think it's got to be the chemistry in the locker room at this point kimball walker's been banged up so him coming in and out of the lineup that messes up your team more than kimball walker being gone for a certain amount of time because you remember when Kyrie Irving was hurt um, in Boston, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward were both injured. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum took those guys to the Eastern Conference Finals in Jason Tatum's rookie year. So I, I was kind of surprised that they didn't move Kimba at the deadline, considering how much of a a trade fiend uh, Danny Ainge seems to be these days. He seems to be all about business. Who cares about feelings? If I can get a good return for you, I'll see you later. You're not a Celtic anymore. So I was kind of shocked not to see Kimball Walker go, but uh, I think Evan Fournier is a great add for them going forward. And then also the Magic obviously adds some depth uh, at the point guard position, some some experience as well. Um, so, But like I said, we'll talk a lot more about the Magic and their roster uh, later on in the show. So... Uh, the biggest deal of the day, and this is partially the bias coming in, but really I truly think it is. Um, Victor Oladipo lands in Miami. Uh, Miami absolutely robbed the Rockets. Um, the Rockets got next to nothing for James Harden now because the key part they got back was Oladipo. But at the same time, I feel like they shouldn't have got the Pacers involved in that deal and just took Karis LeVert. I, I don't understand why that was added. I think Victor Oladipo is a better player than Karis LeVert, but the problem is is that Victor Oladipo didn't want to play in Houston. 
Victor Oladipo wanted to play in one place. He's made that evident. He's made that clear that this offseason he's going to hit free agency and he was going to test the waters and probably land in Miami. He, that was at the top of his list for a long time. A lot of people thought it was a foregone conclusion that Miami was going to get him in the offseason. Uh, they end up giving up bare minimum. They got him in for the last 40 games of this season. Uh, I think it gives them an extra set. I mean, he's a former all-star in the East. I think it gives Miami a lot more firepower to make another run. They started off the season slow with Jimmy Butler having COVID, but they've picked it up. They've played great basketball recently. Um, Goran Drogic's been on a tear. Jimmy Butler's playing well. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero are doing their thing. Bam Adebayo is a defensive player of the year candidate, in my opinion. Um, they just have a lot of things going good down in Miami, and they only had to give up Kelly, Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a second-round pick to land Victor Oladipo. It was a second-round pick swap, actually, even. So so they don't even lose the second round, or they're just going to move down or up. They're going to move down in the second round. So, I mean, I just, there's there's not much more to say. Like I said, we will talk about a little bit more about Miami at the end, but it was a great deal for, for Miami. Feel bad for Houston. At least you got something back for him. A lot of people are like, I don't know why you wouldn't just hold him. Houston's not competing this year at all. So, as Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley aren't great ads, but at the same time, at least you got something back. Um, so we're going to move in to our to our last deal that I wanted to talk about before we get into our magic our, our Florida basketball talk because we're going to talk about the Heat and the Magic. I think they were the two biggest movers, the two biggest stories team-wise uh, when it came to deadline day. So this last deal is going to include the Magic. And it includes them sending their the kind of the cornerstone of their franchise currently the the best player that's played in Orlando since Dwight Howard's departure uh, when he left for L.A. Uh, Nikola Vujicic sent to Chicago. Him and Alfred Camino will both be Bulls as the Magic land Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., a 2021 and a 2023 first round pick. To me. I was surprised to see the Bulls buying at the deadline. That was definitely my top note. Uh, I did not see Chicago as as a contender this year or a contender within the next two to three. I think they're still a couple pieces away. I love Zach Levine. I think he's great. I love Vujicic. I think he's great. I love Laurie Markkinen as well. But I don't – I just I, – I see them as buying just to contend for like a top seed, not contending for a finals run. I think they could make the second round. I think they might shock a team and make make the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think there's any way that I see the Chicago Bulls playing in the finals within the next two to three years. It's possible. I would say I would say it's not impossible. It's improbable. Um, even with the roster ads, I just I don't think they have what it takes yet. I think Zach Levine is 100 percent could be the best player on a championship winning team in my opinion. You're just going to have to have a hell of a team around him. you know. Um, he's proven time and time again that he's extremely talented uh, in all facets of the game. He, he, he can handle the rock well. He dunks well. Uh, he finishes around the rim in general well, and he's, he's turned it up from downtown this season as well. So I think Zach Levine's great going forward. I think, if nothing else, Vujicic is obviously still a double-double machine night in, night out. Uh, I think his tutelage over Laurie Markkinen helps Laurie Markkinen turn his game up, possibly become an all-star in the future. I think all in all, like it's a great deal for the Bulls. Like I said, I'm surprised to see them go for it. 
because I don't think they're that close to, to competing for a title, but I think it helps you out in the long run um, anyways. And also for the Magic, I mean, you land Otto Porter Jr., who's nearing the end of his big contract, so we'll see what he resigns for, but he's still a good, not great, but a good 3-and-D wing player. And you also add Wendell Carter Jr., whose contract, his rookie deal is almost up. So the only thing that I don't like about Orlando is that I feel like they, they got two expiring contracts for 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 Vujicic and Alfred Camino, who are both starters in their set. But they also did land two first-round picks. Now, depending on how well the Bulls do, that can drastically change how how good or bad this trade is. Because if the Bulls somehow do turn around and end up in the finals in 2023, I mean, this, this first-round pick's going to be pick 28, pick 29, pick 30, somewhere around there. But if the Bulls continue to kind of struggle and, and land around that 15, 16, or even in a lottery spot, this is a great deal for the Magic because I think it is rebuild time. There's another That's another team that I felt like was good but not good enough to compete for a title. Uh, so I like the decision to blow it up. Um, I think it was smart by the Magic. Um, they traded away four of their, four of their starters at the deadline. Al Farouk Aminu, who started the four spot for them a lot. Nikola Vujicic, who's obviously their starting center, like I said, the cornerstone of their franchise. They also trade away Evan Fournier to Boston and Aaron Gordon to Denver. So they lost four starters yesterday. But in return, they get Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., RJ Hampton, Gary Harrison, Jeff Teague, and two first-round picks. It's not uh, it's not really a terrible haul if you're able to re-sign those players to to decent contracts because like I said I believe um, Otto Porter Jr. and Wendell Carter Jr.'s contracts both expire soon so as long as you can keep those guys in house and not overpay for them I think the Magic I wouldn't say the one because that means that the other teams would have had to lose deadline day but they're definitely I definitely think they broke even if nothing else I think for for a team that blew up their roster and got rid of four starters I feel like they got a solid solid return back. For what they gave up. So if I'm a Magic fan. I'm upset. Because that means you're going back to the bottom of the East. For a couple of years. But even in the peak of the last 10 years. They were a six seed at best. So I feel bad for Magic fans. That they have to go back into the perennial dungeon. But I think it's much better to be in the dungeon. For five to six years at a time. Than to stay at the top of the staircase of the dungeon, waiting to get kicked back down because you can't climb all the way up the mountain. So um, I like the, the main thing I liked about Orlando's trade deadline day is that it was very obvious what they were doing and that they were going full tilt into it. They're like, we're not going to half blow this up. Like if we're blowing this up and rebuilding, we're going to blow this up, which means we're sending everybody out. The only starter that remains on their roster is Michael Carter Jr., and um, I believe he'll probably, I mean, they may start Jeff T going forward. You know, they may have acquired all, you know, I wouldn't say all five because I don't think RJ Hampton's a starter yet. But they could start Jeff T, Gary Harris, Wendell Carter Jr., and Otto Porter Jr. very, very soon. You know, they could have landed four starters as well. So it's just kind of curious to see what Orlando does going forward. But I, like I said, for a team that blew it up, I feel like they got a solid return because usually when you. When you hear the term blowing a team up, they don't get a lot back for what they have because usually they don't have as much as Orlando did either. But I think uh, I think their front office did a great job, and they're probably the second biggest winner on deadline day to me. Uh, like I said, they gave up a lot, but for what they were trying to accomplish and and what they ended up accomplishing in the long run, I think to me they're the second biggest winner on draft day, right behind the team just south of them down in South Beach in Miami. Um, 
I I can't overstate how good Pat Riley is. Um, the Godfather does it again. I mean, just a an absolute masterclass of of timing, of getting the right deal at the right time and getting the right player. So obviously the land Victor Oladipo from Houston that was a huge deal. Um, considering every other team that that Pat Riley had talked to around the deadline wanted Tyler Harrow or Duncan Robinson in return, they end up getting a great player back and not having to give it up. They were in talks with Kyle Lowry. The Raptors said, we want Tyler Harrow or Duncan Robinson. They were in talks for P.J. Tucker. They said, we want Tyler Harrow back. So to get a player to me, Victor Oladipo is better than Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker right now, and they didn't have to give up either of those two guys that I had just mentioned. They only give up Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a second-round pick. Now, and the, and the thing is, the beauty of it, now if you give up Duncan Robinson, you really have to sign Victor Oladipo to a long-term contract to make that a win. Because if not, you gave up Duncan Robinson for the rest of this year, Victor Oladipo, he signed somewhere else, and now you know, you gave up Duncan Robinson for 40 games of a player. That's never going to be a win in your book. Now, if you could sign him to a long-term extension... That's a win for you. Now, either way, even if Victor Oladipo does not resign in Miami this offseason, I still see this as a win uh, for Miami because they tested it out. Uh, they're able to, it's a lot easier to resign a player than to sign a player in free agency, in my mind. And also, I mean, you gave up next to nothing for him. You gave up Kelly Olinick, Avery Bradley, who wasn't touching the court much, and a second round pick, which don't mean a ton when it comes to trade talks in the NBA. They get moved around more than anything that I could ever compare second-round picks to. So, um, also, like I mentioned, they landed name on Valencia out of Sacramento. I, I've talked about him earlier. Love him. Great player. I think he's a great fit for their roster, uh, and I think it's a veteran presence. He doesn't have a lot of playoff experience is the only thing. Obviously, playing in Sacramento, they haven't touched the playoffs in, I think it's over 10 years now, so before he got there. Um, but like I said, great fit. I think he plays well next to Bam. I think he fills in perfectly for Kelly Olynyk. The only thing is I'm curious to see what they do now. They have Precious Achua. They have Neymar Valencia. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. is playing a lot of the four and the five. So I'll be curious to see what the rotation is. But like I said, Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the game. I'm sure he'll figure it out. And also, uh, LaMarcus Aldrich reaches a buyout with Sacramento or with Sacramento with San Antonio. And now Miami is currently one of the front runners to land LaMarcus Aldrich as well. So no news is out on that. Uh, the Cavs also bought out Andre Drummond. So I think if the Heat land Aldrich, they're a, they're a serious finals contender in my opinion. I don't know if they have a have what it takes to beat any team out west. Off the top of my head, like to beat the Jazz or or the Suns somehow make it to the Lakers or the Clippers. But I think they can they could definitely make the Eastern Conference Finals. I think, and um, I think they could give the Nets a run for their money. They're a well built team. You're not going to out coach them. And and I don't think you can outscore the. I think that's the only thing that you can do actually is outscore the Heat. Their defense is great, but if it comes down to a shootout, I think the Nets win that every single time. Uh, also, with Drummond being bought out, there's a possibility. I mean, right now it's Nets Lakers. There's a possibility he could land in Miami when it's all said and done. So that's all we got time for today. Um, I I got through everything I wanted to talk about. So if you made it this far, I appreciate you for listening. Make sure you listen to episode seven of Boys Don't Lie, the podcast, and I'll see you guys next time.